Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, Dave Stone, uh, who I didn't really know. Uh, I had seen him do stand-up before. Very, very funny guy. Doing a uh, documentary that's, you know, right up my alley about, uh, you know, switching his diet up. But also just like a supremely interesting and uh, very genuinely funny person that I was happy to sit down with. So let's get into it. Without further ado, youmadeitweird.com for anything uh, this show related. PeteHolmes.com for anything me related. And the ad is Harry's. Harry's is what this episode is brought to you by, harrys.com. Harry's offers high-quality shaving uh, shipped right to your door. Their high-quality blades are engineered in their own factory in Germany for sharpness and strength, and they are half the price of competitors. They care so much about the quality of their blades that they just purchased the 93-year-old German factory that makes them. Kits start at $15. That gets you a set of uh, three blades and shaving cream shipped right to your door with the handle. You need the handle and the blades. Handle, blades, three, shape. Okay, you got it. Harry's even offers a custom engraving option to engrave the initials, uh, your initials, on the razor. They did this for me. They sent us a box of awesome razors. It said little PH right on there. Made me feel good. Good weight to it. First thing I noticed, smooth, clean, easy shave, and it's cheap. Go to harrys.com and use the promo code WEIRD to make it even cheaper. They'll give you $5 off your first purchase. Again, that's harrys.com. Use the promo code WEIRD for 5 bucks off. Check it out. All right, everybody. Dave Stone, a good one. A real good one. Get into it. Come on, poops. Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> Get real rough with Katie. <laughs> Just get real mean to her <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I was talking about how I'm being mean for no reason. You do everything. Katie does everything. Yeah. Does your dad do that? Sometimes my dad, I think I learned that from my dad, where he'll compliment me by talking to someone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. that's what I'm doing to Katie. I'm like, what would we do without her? Like, I'm yeah. saying it to you, but, like, it's so stupid. Just say it. Well, it's like the Mulaney bit uh, where his dad is... is is uh, trying to sell John on his mom. You know who's a great lady? Uh, so, yeah, we're on board. <laughs> we all like mom. You, you can calm down. But do people do that to you? Yeah. I don't. Is it? It's a dad thing. It is, yeah, it's they a dad thing. They have a hard thing. time saying, yeah. or they used to. I yeah. feel like dudes. It's easier for them to compliment you indirectly. Well, that, I had no idea how my father felt about it. Like, he's a pretty expressive guy. Sometimes people have hypothesized that my father and I are, like, uh, on the outs and don't get along. That's not actually true. He will look me in the face and mm -hmm. be like, I'm proud of you and I love you and, and say something aware. And uh, But then his best work is if we're at a meal and someone comes up that he knows and he's like, Johnny, be a Johnny. And then he gets to say something. And he's like, I'm here with my son, Peter, and he just got a show on TBS. And I'm so proud of him, Johnny. And Johnny's like, ah, Jesus. Which reminds me of that Louis C.K. bit when people are so happy for you, it sounds like they're in pain. They're yeah. Like, ah, oh, God. Oh, good for you. Ah, oh, God, that's great. That's actually on his first album. Yeah. Have you heard old. his first yeah, album? That's old. Yeah. I used to put, you're from Atlanta? Uh-huh. Uh, when did you start standing up? Uh <laughs> Just I've been standing up most of my life. Yeah. Um, All you, as far as you can remember. Yeah. Do you remember shit like not being able to read? 
<laughs> like, can you remember that far back? You know what's interesting, and and a lot of people think I'm I'm BSing on this. I remember my first birthday. You do? Party. I do. One ca- when, one candle? Yes. You sure yes. they weren't just rocking one candle because times were tight? Well, it was your fifth birthday. <laughs> I remember. I remember being at a birthday party, and I didn't quite understand it was for me. Well, I kind of understood it was for me, um, but somebody had given me a present that yeah. was a giant box wrapped up in wrapping paper, uh-huh. and I thought that that was the present. Uh-huh. And my one-year-old brain was like, oh, this is cool. I can stand on it and do yeah. all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my whole life, I thought that was like my third or fourth birthday. And then I saw a photograph of that, and my mom was like, yeah, that's your first birthday. And I'm like, I remember that so vividly. Uh, and she's sh- like, you're not supposed to. And I'm like... I don't know if that means I'm smart or really dumb or what, but I mean memories are so troubling. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I th- I think uh, I think a lot of the way I look at the world has to do with uh, dreams, mm-hmm. and we have these dreams. All I think I've said this recently on the show, so I'm going to wrap this up real fast. We always forget our dreams, so we start our day remembering that we forget everything. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That that's is. like your first moment is, my dream's slipping away, yes. and you can never get them. Yeah. So that's just how memory is. It's mm-hmm. very, tr- I guess, it's not really that troubling. Well, sometimes it's a bummer if it's a good dream, but then there's that relief when you're like, oh, God, thank God that was Absolutely. a dream. Absolutely. You know? Sometimes it's I've murdered somebody. That's a bad <laughs> one. Like, I'm not actually killing somebody, but I've, I've done a crime. My dream last night, though, was awesome. Really? Really awesome. What was it about? I have to always remember if someone offers me drugs in my dream, you have to take them. Uh Uh-huh. You have to take them. I swear to the living God, my brain just thinks it's real and then starts to trip in the dream or whatever it is or starts to feel great or like someone could give you a painkiller in a Uh dream and you'd be like, I feel a little tingly because your brain is fucking a genius and it's also really stupid and it's like... Well, Pete said it was a painkiller. Make him feel good. It's it's like placebo dream effect. Really weird. But that's that's what it was. Is that I was in a like weird meditating with this small black man. I don't know why I'm pointing out that he was black. He because he looked like one of my old teachers. We were grabbing. Still doesn't justify why I pointed out that he was black. But but he was black. He was black. Yeah. And we're grabbing. That, there's there's so he, the justification yeah, exactly. because he was black. Everybody's so sensitive. Why does he have like yeah. you tell a true story? Why yeah. does he have to be black? Yeah. Because he was black. It's a detail. <laughs> yeah. It's a detail. <laughs> yeah. It's a detail. And uh, we're grabbing arms, and he was like uh, trying to read my mind, uh, which was interesting, uh, and it was trippy. And I actually remember thinking like, "Don't think the n word. Don't think the n word." <laughs> Because not because I'm a racist, but because I'm like that's if if a, if a guy's reading your mind, like if you were reading my mind, don't be like mm, yeah. Dave Stone's fat. You know what I mean? Like you just don't want the bad thing. Yeah, that that was my dream. I can't apologize wow. for it. I had a, I had a dream the other night that I ate a bunch of fried chicken on the down low. So oh uh, you know. well, okay, we we can get into that. Yeah, we will get into that later. But I mean, we can. Mm-hmm. I just want to relate to you because you you're you're now. My first question when you were making this documentary to my to my, I'm whispering into a microphone to you very covertly. <laughs> Listen, Dave. Uh, my first question I said is he making fun of it? That's what I said. Because making fun of making fun of being raw vegan. Oh, okay. And I was, and I was yeah. like, I don't I don't want to no. be on a on a thing no. that's like these fucking <laughs> whack jobs. Look at these nerds. But then I knew if you were doing it yeah. and you have been doing it, yeah. then I was like, he's not making fun of it. Yeah, no. Nobody's gonna do that. Yeah. Somebody might do it wrong yeah. and be like, fuck this, because yeah. you know there's a lot of people that try it if you don't do it properly. But it sounds like you're doing a documentary and you're talking to people who know you know, what you're craving and then how to eat, yeah. eat around that and eat towards that. 
Uh, but I, I just, we'll get, all, we can get to that now. It's By natural. the way, can I do the obligatory? Wait, are we on? Or is this, yeah. Is this, I like to think I'm one of the yeah. few guests who's in on that. Yeah. It's like, you know who really disturbed me recently was. Uh, oh, we recording? Bill Nye never said that. Really? I, because he, uh, people are really loving that episode, which I'm so thrilled about. But uh, I definitely don't think he knew much about the show, but then went right with it. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? If anyone's going to say, are we recording, mm-hmm. it, it should be a guy that thought it was like an interview. You know yeah. what I mean? Just went right into it. I'm very chatty today. I apologize. Oh, go ahead. Here's what I want to say, uh-huh. and then it's back to you. <laughs> when I like stopped eating meat or whatever, but even before that, when I stopped eating like butt-fucked meat... You know, like garbage meat. Oh, okay, yeah. Which was actually most of my life. I yeah. was like, I don't think I'm going to eat at Arby's anymore. Yeah. You know Ooh. what I mean? Yeah. I, John Roy, great uh, comedian, has a bit about how Arby's looks like a gray swimming cap. Yeah. On a bun. It's, it's so funny. Do you know the back history, backstory with Arby's meat? Please. It comes in a gelatinous <laughs> tube. I have heard that. Ugh. I and then they freeze that. it and slice it. That? And then cook it. Okay, so I... Ugh, so bad. Mm-hmm. That's another thing like dreams. Mm-hmm. I actually think meat consumption is one of those things that we're all kind of aware of. Mm-hmm. That's what makes vegans so annoying mm-hmm. is you're kind of like, fuck, here's yeah. the guy. Just in the way that like I could dissect what you're wearing and uh-huh. be like, a kid probably made this and that's important. Yeah. And my, my belt is leather, so I'm full of shit. Yeah. My con- the console in my car has a, a little leather, and I was just looking at it because I knew you were doing the podcast today. So we're all full of shit, and we don't like remembering that everything is built on shit. But, like, when you start asking where your food mm-hmm. comes from, you're really, you're opening up Pandora's box and then you end up with gelatinous, frozen yeah. sliced meat. And you're like, fuck you, man. I like Arby's. I've yeah. had people say that to me. Yeah. Joe, Joe oh, Rosa yeah. was like, fuck you. I don't want to know. <laughs> Pink sludge yeah. and Oof. all that stuff. But you actually have talked before about um, you, get a, you get a couple of strikes. You know, you pick your thing. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, that's right. You can't have You can multiple. only have three you can things. Have three, yeah. You can have three you things. You can't be the guy with, like, nine things, because then nobody wants to hang out with you. Like, yeah, I get it. I'm an asshole. Get away from me. You know? I, compl- <laughs> I know exactly. I, uh, since being raw myself, it's, it's been a while, uh, you can drink wine. Mm-hmm. Often not vegan. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, that's another Pandora's box. It, ha- it can have, like, trace elements of egg mm-hmm. or... or uh, like pork and stuff yeah, in it. That's yeah. why you drink wine and you're like, this kind of tastes like mm-hmm. bacon fat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, but I'm like, I still drink wine. So that's one area that mm-hmm. I'm full of shit, but I can't wait to bring it up to people <laughs> because like you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're saying no to so many things. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I don't fuck with this and this and this. And you're like the party pooper. And you're like, let's get a bottle of wine. Cause it, <laughs> not at least there are a lot of sober people out there and I don't want to put them down. Uh-huh. I'm just saying at least I will do this bad thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, in wine, subconsciously, you feel like it's healthier than, like, hard liquor Classic. or beer, you know? I think it might be. It's like, well, it's fruit, you know? <laughs> it is just fermented. Fermented notes of fermented grape. It flushes yeah. <laughs> your arteries, they say. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. anything, Dave. But, <laughs> but well, well that, this is a good place to get into it. You, you look good. Oh, well, thank you. You've lost weight. I've lost uh, 34 pounds Shut it. in 67 days. So. Shut your dick hole. I mean, that's the suitcase off the Queen Mary, but I, you know, I got, uh, I got a ways to go. That, that but, is uh, a funny... I'm, I'm, trying funny. To go, I'm trying to get 60 down 60. Down so to 60. I'm a little down, over halfway. Down to 60 yeah. total. Yeah, no, yeah, I want to be 60 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> just a head. Yeah, just a human head. 
that rolls around yeah. and tells people to eat more sprouts. Yeah. But yeah, just over two months, I've lost 34 pounds, and I feel great. That's incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny because I saw you do that bit. I guess we'll just get this out of the way. We knew we were going to talk about this at one point. Uh-huh. But you're doing this documentary about going raw vegan, right? Is that right? Well, it's not necessarily about raw vegan, even though that's kind of a byproduct. The main thing... Um, What's it called? They call it Nutritarian. Uh, Dr. Joel Furman, this guy, wrote this great book called think, uh, Eat to Live. I think I know that guy. He kind of coined the phrase Nutritarian, and basically the concept is getting as many nutrients out of the fewest amount of calories. Yeah. And uh, in comedy, I relate it to, like, word economy. You know, you want to get as many laughs right. out of the fewest amount of words. And you're good at that. So I, I, I've I, seen you do stand-up. I, it's very surgical. Thank not, you. not in the Seinfeld uh-huh. way that kind of leaves me cold. I'm yeah. just like, oh, that's a good line. Yeah, I try to, you know, try to trim the fat. But, yeah, so the overall concept is just getting is the most amount of nutrients out of the fewest amount of calories and that lends itself to being raw vegan but right. like is he raw vegan uh yeah pretty much yeah are you at that point where you're googling people's names and then writing raw vegan <laughs> not yet <laughs> <laughs> who's on my team well it's so uh, that's another reason why people are annoyed by yeah. it is because you're like oh you're not in my clan yeah exactly i mean look at how eating like pasta and stuff with the italian family style sort of oh, yeah. thing you can't be like i'll just eat the I'm going to take the cheese yeah. out. No. You're a dick. Yeah. It's hard. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to insult I, them. I, I think you kind of should. Yeah. But you start losing friends. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Keep going. I, I Well, I feel like, I mean, I haven't lost friends yet, but I feel like I'm a bummer yeah. socially. Yeah. Like, I was at Bridgetown Comedy Festival two Difficult. weeks ago. And Difficult. Everywhere I turned was voodoo donuts They put bacon pizza. on donuts. Yeah. And then all my friends were like, Dave, I'm like, no, I can. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You could just feel them like, oh, yeah, Dave can't do this. That's why, buddy... I'm excited to talk to you. I don't know. I don't know any other uh, raw vegans other than like people that, you know, like David Wolf did the podcast mm-hmm. and stuff. So I know yeah. Dave. It's not, but like, you know what I mean. I don't yeah. see him. Yeah. So it's not like that close or anything. But here we are talking. So I'm kind of excited to talk about this. I find myself lying a lot, and the lie that I tell a lot, which I can't believe this. I was like, I'll be clean and healthy, and, and oh, I'll be a liar. The lie I always tell is I just ate. I just, because okay. no one believes when you, yeah. you're just like, I'm just going to have uh, the salad. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, oh, get get the duck dick. Yeah. And you're like, I used to love duck dick. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, oh, I, I, I ate. I fucked up. I ate right before I came. I shouldn't be telling people this. That's a good one. It works. That's like an undercover cop refusing a joint because he's on probation. Yeah. Oh, I totally would, but I got to check good. it with my PO yeah, tomorrow. That's very, <laughs> very good. I thought you were going to say an undercover cop saying, I would, but I'm already so high. <laughs> I, I got high before I came here. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not as believable. Uh, so uh, I, keep, I keep yammering. No, no. I'm excited. That's what you do. I'm excited. I'm, I'm here to listen to you yammer. <laughs> Well done. But I'm also a little hungover, and when I'm hungover, it just it just comes right Yeah. Out. I actually like it, boozing. I think it is good for, yeah. for me. Booze is fun. I, I miss it, yeah. Oh, do you not drink? Oh, I don't do anything. For you this do- for this for sixty seven days I've had no caffeine. Uh-huh. No sugar, no salt, no fat, no alcohol. Wait, what do you mean no, no fat? Well, no like sat no meat. No meat, but yeah. you're eating avocados and well, yeah, olive oil. Natural and, stuff. Yeah. No no olive oil. But yeah, occasionally. Why no olive oil? Uh, oil itself, any oil, is 100 calories a teaspoon. So. I understand that it's very high calories. So that's I'm, where I'm getting my calories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where are you getting your calories? I'm eating very few calories. I'm doing smoothies. Uh, and yeah. when, I, when I say smoothie, I don't mean like fun, like 
banana yogurt. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I'm doing peanut just butter, green, green smoothies. So you're doing, doing green juice or green smoothies? Green smoothies. I'm not doing. Everybody just immediately Assumes. associates its juice. Well, I've seen that guy, mm-hmm. yeah, Furman, yeah. talk about his juice recipe, yeah. which is cucumber, celery, kale, collard, yeah, sort of stuff. And juice is a great change of pace, like as a as a supplement to like mix it in, yeah. you know, occasionally. But like, but you to, want that fiber. Fiber, boom. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Fiber, and I'm getting a, a few extra nutrients that you're not getting with right. just juicing. And the fiber keeps me full. Yeah. You know, I, honestly, I mean, you've probably seen the documentary uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. The documentary I'm doing is, is similar you know, in structure to that, uh, but with a stand-up comedy component I to it. I think it's great. Um, but I don't know how those guys did it, because... The juicing just leaves you hungry all the time. At least when I'm doing these smoothies, there's there's kale, celery, cucumber, and you're eating, it. And, and and I'll just blend it up, and you know it's kind of thick and Vitamix. I, yeah, I know uh, Blendtec. Yeah, are you being sponsored? <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want. It's like when people want to make fun of the. E-trade well, Pete, listen, let me here. tell you why the Blendtec blender <laughs> is superior. <laughs> I just go off on ten minutes on this that. blender. I haven't heard of. Sounds really great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there are a lot of them. There are yeah. a lot of things that blend up mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But yeah, my point is basically as opposed to juicing, doing the smoothies, it fills you up. You get the fiber. You're getting more nutrients. And you're getting less sugar because like with juicing, you know, a lot of people put fruit in the juice. Right. But you got to put like five, six apples in there just right. to get a decent amount of That's juice. That's why you That's go to too most much sugar. juice bars and it's hard to find a true mm-hmm. green juice. Yeah. And people always – you'd be surprised. People actually want to know recipes. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. The base has to be cucumber, yeah. a whole cucumber and about four things of kale uh, yeah. of celery. And then you put in anything else that you wouldn't want to eat. Like yeah. kale – I'm not here to say kale is delicious. I do crave it mm-hmm. because I've become a little bit. Of, I've become addicted. Yeah, I mean, it makes you feel wonderful, right? It makes you feel wonderful, yeah. and then your skin looks good, and your mm-hmm. hair looks good, and every, your eyes look white, and all that sort of stuff. All the things I, I saw you before you started doing yeah. this, and that those are the sort of benefits you get. I, but it, it's bitter, and it tastes oh, yeah. it tastes not that great. Yeah, but you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you what everybody asks me, which is, what do you miss? Uh, uh you know what? I haven't really had too many cravings like yeah. like physical cravings psychologically i'm like oh i'd like to eat something warm with a fork yep you know um that's but, perfectly put i know i know exactly yeah what you mean. i want to chew something gooey i oh you dick yeah. that's perfect <laughs> i was eating uh, at a restaurant recently still go to a lot of restaurants mm-hmm. i've become the guy that's like okay these three salads i want you to combine them and then take all these other things out anyway. yeah but then a friend of mine was eating chicken wings, and I was just oh. like, God, it's not it's, – it's certainly not the way they made me feel. They always made me feel like shit. Yeah. They do. But the immediate feel. But the immediate feel. Is, oh. You can't, you can't compete. That's, that's from uh, Super Size Me. I think that's an interesting line is that he's like, your brain can't compete with the, with the cocktail you're getting because you're getting like a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a, and sugar. Like yeah. buffalo wing sauce is going to have some sugar in yeah. there, I think. Yeah. Something in there, either that or it just tastes like it does. Yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> but then, like, uh, I also just missed the feeling, and this is kind of weird, of picking up a little project. Uh huh. It's a wing. How are you going to go? At? Yeah, exactly. You know, when, it, when it's the, the, what are those? The, those are the, the flats. There's and the drums and the flats. Flats. Yeah. F- are you going to – I used to hold a flat. Uh-huh. I've never heard that. I'm yeah. 35. I've never yeah. heard flat. I, 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 I go deep in the wing game. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick up a flat uh-huh. uh, by the end and then and pull it out. That's a great technique. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. We call that the suck and pull. The suck and yeah. pull. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, you, you got to make a choice. Some yeah. people avoid the flats. I say yeah. you got to well, go right. Love the flats. And you're yeah. going to get more meat probably, unless you're looking at a pretty good drumstick. Any hack can eat a drumstick, but the flats are where the pros go. By the way, <laughs> if you really want to talk about wings, and I do, uh, I don't think any, any hack can eat a drumstick. Yeah. I was always the guy. Uh-huh. I was going to say the fat guy. I don't, we don't need to bring that into this. But I was always the guy that was like, you're doing it wrong. You're leaving way too much on there. Yeah, yeah. I would clean oh, yeah. the end that you held. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put down what just looked like a fossil. It looked like we had unearthed a chicken village. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. In Mesopotamia yeah. when we were done. It's kind of like your bit. Yeah. The yeah. chicken bones. I, well, I grew up you know, in the South, and of course, barbecue is huge there. Yep. So uh, I was always a fan of ribs. Yep. And my grandfather used to have a saying. He, he would clean. He's like, son, you got to clean the bone and run it through your nose. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. What? But, but he would take pride in having a rib bone with nothing on it. Yeah. I mean, it was like spit polished. Right. You know, there, you couldn't tell that there was ever meat on this bone. There is something carnal mm-hmm. that... Is that the right word? Does carnal mean fucking only? I just mean uh, base human, uh-huh. like in our deep subconscious, in our like yeah. roots or whatever. That uh, that I now that we're talking about it, I think what I'm missing is it's a little bit of bloodlust. It's yeah. a little bit of like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this because I love this diet. Yeah, but I do kind of see. As we're talking about it, a lack of like catching a rabbit and yeah. just taking a bite out of it. <laughs> And just be like howling at the moon and beating my chest. I, just I think picture you doing that, right? Running around Los Feliz looking for a rabbit. Come here, Pete. What are you doing? Yeah, and then I, I catch it, but everyone's like, "It's a squirrel!" Oh God, he got that squirrel herp. What have I done? You got to clean the tail and run it through your nose. Uh, so yeah, but then I also, at the same time, when you bring up this, okay, I'm going to talk about what an asshole I am. Sure. You bring up, yeah, you bring up barbecue and I go, well, not only are you eating like a, most likely a factory farm, like yeah. fucking STD cancerous piece of shit. Yeah. But you're also eating something that's smoked. So you're, it's almost like eating cigarettes. Yeah. So you're getting carcinogens and all that yeah. stuff. I, I know people are probably going to come back at that which is fine if uh-huh. you have something to tell me please say it gracefully uh but that's just what i've been told but i'm so glad that you knew that smoke was an element to barbecue yeah yeah because that's real bar i get real touchy about barbecue you, barbecue you, to you. me is pork <laughs> and smoke and fire there you go you know barbecue isn't uh you know the thing that you're cooking your hamburger the, on. yeah the grill yeah that's- and 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 also barbecue just isn't – there's a lot of barbecue chains. It's like, yeah, barbecue. And right. They're in a strip mall. There's no smoke anywhere. Right, it's right, like right. You cook that in an oven, you're it, an asshole. It needs to be like a bad feeling mm-hmm. in line. Yeah. And the walls need to be black yeah. with soot. Yeah. And you ha- if, if it's not good barbecue, if you don't at some point turn to your friend in line and go – how do these people work here? Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how you know it's yeah, good. Yeah, that smell, the aroma, Be- and it, well, it gets in them too. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like these guys are chimney sweeps. Oh yeah, I used, to work in a, ch- I used to work in a barbecue restaurant. You did. And I would come home every day just stinking of hickory wood and pork. But did you cough? But I, but I kind of liked it. Of course, you, there's something. <laughs> I mean, as we're talking about it, two two vegan jerks are nutritarian, nutritarian, nutritarian. That's that's not yeah. catching up. Yeah, no, no, neither is that blender. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your blender's great. <laughs> Are you, are you noting the time? I thought you were like, oh, no. I thought, well, are you? 
Oh, I thought you were like, Pete can't shit on the blender. I'm allowed to shit on the blender. <laughs> Where are you going, Dave? Let me get some wine. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you were like, I can't lose a sponsor because of this interview. I'm going to leave. Again, I'm being very chatty and I apologize. So, oh, no. W- w- you worked in a barbecue place. So you've, you've done it, man. You were a wing aficionado. Yeah. And a barbecue oh, yeah. mofo. And then I saw in your stand-up that eventually, at some point, you went vegetarian. To- yeah, I was vegetarian uh, years ago for about three years, uh, only because my girlfriend at the time kind of pressured me into it. And I was like, oh, okay. She was. Yeah, she was She was a vegan. And she used to give me crap for not being... While I was vegetarian, she would give me crap for not being a vegan. I'm like... One thing at a time. Yeah, are you out of your mind? It's yeah. a miracle that I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, Look yeah, at me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, 35 years of smoked meat and procrastination <laughs> and you're gonna give me crap because i'm eating cheese at least you can still get all those sides i mean yeah. mac and cheese coleslaw nope. mm. these are those are some quality oh, things yeah all the th- all the fun things to put hot sauce on yeah people listening to this keep talking by the way i was like oh this will be a fun podcast we'll we'll talk about uh, being vegan in a, in a fun way in a yeah. non-preachy way all we've done <laughs> is made everyone listening want mac and cheese barbecue yeah. and and yeah. wings yeah. for the flats yeah the drums and the flats and i'm 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 doing well on this diet but like part of me like i am annoying my friends because all i talk to them about now i i'm not preaching to them about veganism yeah i'm like what would you have for lunch you know would, ah you if, just if, want them to describe it if i buy you some nachos can i watch you eat it oh my god <laughs> like i want to know like and everybody's like oh well you know no i don't want to tell you like i don't want no, I'm like, yeah. no i i embrace the the torture <laughs> Like it's I, like I want to know what bad you marriage. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, who'd you fuck? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so and it, it has gotten almost creepy. They're like, Dave, why are you staring at me that way? Yeah. I just I just want to know what you had for dinner, man. But also, you have to have those pop ups that I do. You have to have your system where, like I said, when I hear barbecue, I, I think carcinogens and I think weird suspect meat. Yeah, like I think all meat is suspect. Yeah, to be it probably is. But uh, I mean, how? Death is death. That's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. Anyway, uh, but I didn't always feel that way. So if you're under 35 you're, and eating meat, who gives a shit? You're, yeah. <laughs> you're just like me. Uh, what was I saying? Anyway, I find that people, what are your pop-ups? Like if you are craving something, are you the kind of guy that's like, oh, I'd like nachos, but like why, why don't you want? It's like, sorry. Do you have that thing where you tell yourself, I can have nachos, but I don't want them, and here's why? Or are you really just like trying to deprive yourself? I think the depriving myself is part of it. Like, <laughs> I, in a weird way, I kind of like it. Really? Yeah. I've always deprived. I've always been that way. I lived in a van for two years. Oh, yeah. You know, you, and you... I just, I like challenging myself, you know? So, in a weird way, it's like, yeah, I could totally, like at Bridgetown, I, you know. I could have totally eaten, you know, a box of voodoo donuts. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, meh. Like, it was a terrible environment to be in in yeah. the sense that everybody's having fun, every open bars everywhere, yep. free food everywhere. But it's like, no, nah, I'm doing a thing. Right. I got this. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I have friends that are sober. Uh, Nate Fernald doesn't drink. But he'll go to a party and, like, dance and be silly and, like, have just as much fun. Mm -hmm. Really admirable. But I was also going to say, I don't know if people really care as much as we think they care. Yeah. Most people, they're the star of their own movie. Of course. You know what I mean? So they don't really give a shit. Yeah. The vegan thing gets annoying because Kumail said this to me, actually. He was like, 
uh, vegans are annoying because we we all know at some on some level that they might have a point. And he's saying this as somebody who's not a vegan at uh-huh. all, and he's just like, "That's why it's annoying. I hate you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, once people do get used to it, which is what I'm looking forward to, people don't give as much of a shit. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier, the three strikes. Like, all these topics, whatever your thing is, right. you probably have a great point. Right. It's like, I don't have time for that. I don't exactly. have room for that right now. Exactly. That's, I'm glad that you're into that. Right. You keep doing the Like, the I don't want to hear you talk about politics. Yeah, politics, the environment, you. whatever. It actually, I don't know why I'm so full of shit. You're helping me realize I'm so full <laughs> of shit. Because, like... Like I said, I don't preach. I will – it is that thing. Mm-hmm. Don't bring up nutrition to Pete or whatever because yeah. I enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Uh, but then like I realize I'm full of shit because like I don't want to hear other people's bullshit. Yeah. Like if it's like you got to – you got to uh, – what was it? Um, you got to occupy Wall Street, man. Yeah. This is why. And I'm just like I'm uh, done. Let's yeah. talk about asparagus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my thing. <laughs> it's not my thing. I'm glad it is a lot of people's thing. Because I yes. think that's important. We need people doing all types of different stuff. I agree. But, you know, i got to watch the new Fargo. I don't have time for that. Right. Leave me alone. I don't need <laughs> to understand this. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and, you know, protesting this or voting for this. And yeah. Well, now I, 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 it, it's just true. I wish I should be more politically responsible. Yeah. But that's the thing. See, that's the vegan thing. Yeah. I, what just happened to me when I brought up voting, and then yeah. I was like, great, people are going to think I don't vote or that I don't vote enough. And then I started to feel guilt yeah. and a little bit of fear, right? Those yeah. are two unpleasant things. So you're talking to a vegan like you. Somebody might be like, well, like you'll get this a lot. They're like, well, you know, I, I'm doing Joe DeRosa. <laughs> I, I try and take a break from butter. Ah, <laughs> I've watched that man eat. It is not pleasant. Oh, man. I love his KFC bit on his album. He just talks about yeah. the, they have the whole family feast bucket, <laughs> and he just gets that by himself. He is a, a, he's a gross man. Yeah, yeah. He's a gross, <laughs> gross man. He is the guy... That when a fast food place puts out a new sandwich, yeah. it's a date. <laughs> like, he's got to try it. Yeah. I've never had a friend before in my life that was like, close the double down. There's no bun. I got to go. I used I used to be that way. You Really? Oh, I would get excited about the new Wendy's pretzel bun burger. Yeah. You know, and, and it was a topic of casual conversation <laughs> you know, amongst friends. Hey, you tried the new? Have you, have you? Oh, yeah. I'm doing a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I'll meet you there. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, if you love food, you know, even crappy food gets you excited. Right. You know, well, it's, it's something new. See, again, I want to know what's up with that Taco Bell breakfast taco. I'm I, I'm sure it's terrible, but yeah. I'd like to know. Yeah, well, God, how old are you? 36. 30 years. So you're older than I yeah. am. You got a youthful vibe. Thank you. you got one of those youthful yeah. vibes. Yeah. I thought you were younger than I am. Uh, I, I'm still looking for you're saying it's just discipline. Because when you say Taco Bell breakfast, I immediately go to that has MSG in it. Yeah. Which is, is, is a chemical that makes you fat. Mm-hmm. It also, you know, people are like, it lies to your brain. I don't give a shit. It makes you fat. It mm-hmm. fattens you up. MSG in 80% of processed food. So yeah. that's my first little thing. And then I go on about the eggs being from thousands of oh, different yeah. chickens, oh, just little snippets yeah. of their DNA. It's disgusting. And then you go into the, the sugar that's in the thing, the refined sugar that's uh-huh. going to make you addicted. It's like a drug. That's what I do. You're tell- you don't do that? You just go, fuck that shit? I wish I could have it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, everything you said is true, and, and I'm aware of that, but I still I want to try it. 
I'm not saying I want to eat it every day, but it's like, oh, it's a new thing. That's groundbreaking fast food technology. I, I got to get in on that. I really love yeah, that. Yeah. I never I get excited change, about it. Never change. Yeah. But you got to find simple pleasures. Yeah, you know, I'm a simple man. You know, <laughs> somebody puts out a new burger, I'm I'm smiling for a week. You know. But not anymore, because now I've changed yeah, my lifestyle. Yeah, you've changed. You've got a new life. I'll yeah. t- I, just to relate, double decker taco at Taco Bell oh. was a life changer. Solid, for yeah, me. that was good. Again, yeah, yeah. all we're doing, yeah, I know exactly, is reminiscing about, yeah. about food. <laughs> that man. is all I do. <laughs> that goes back to what I was going to say: was I have the nightmare of murdering somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also have the nightmare that I'm eating at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I, I think supersize me just had such an impact yeah. on me and reading fast food nation and all that sort yeah. of stuff i was like now i worry about eating cow shit oh yeah you know what i mean and i'm just like this is gross yeah no it is terrifying when you think about it. when i was a vegetarian even though i didn't do it well because it was just carbs and starches right. but like it really opened my eyes like milk you know the blood and pus that's in milk and just yeah. see, all even the you terrible that, see, stuff i know that and yeah. i was like hey fuck you man yeah you know what i mean <laughs> Terrible stuff. Yeah, terrible stuff. I always like bringing in the number of animals mm-hmm. because people are always like, this is a hamburger yeah. from a cow. And thousand, like, cows thousand cows. Thousand cows. And milk is a blend of even more, I have yeah. to imagine. Yeah. Oh, it's really gross. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you still – see, that is far more human. I, I Sometimes the more I get into this, the more I'm kind of like, oh, no, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of, you know – Try to keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. I literally have gotten to the point. I know we're we're really indulging, and that's why I've been looking forward to this. But I was like, I'm getting to the point now. At meals, people. That's when it comes up, and people are like, "Why?" or this or that, and I just go, "We're not talking about it." Mm-hmm. I I'll talk about it, but I actually don't really think you want to talk about mm-hmm. it. I think what they're going for is please validate my diet. I don't know why. Yeah. Why are you the expert all of a sudden? Yeah. That just happened to me at a lunch where people were like. Uh, <laughs> Should I name, name drop? Yeah, it was go with ahead. Ray Romano. Yeah, and he spent the whole meal being like, you know, <laughs> I name dropped so I could Sing do something. the impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was filled with a little bit of, you know, food shame. Uh huh. Which I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm like that smells amazing. That looks fantastic. I know a bruschetta. Uh, Bruschetta, mm-hmm. not bruschetta, not the what? Prune? Prosciutto. Prosciutto. Mm-hmm. I know what prosciutto tastes like. Uh-huh. It's like putting a listerine flavor strip of bacon fat yeah. on the roof of your mouth, and it dissolves and gives you even better breath. <laughs> yeah, there you go, prosciutto. <laughs> I know the deal. I see the legs in the butcher shop window, and I don't think it's gross. I'm yeah. like, put that thing on a thing, and I'm going to eat it with a fig. <laughs> yeah, but like I've just moved away from that. Yeah. But then like the rest of the meal, uh, he he was kind of he's going to do the podcast by the way. Uh, he was kind of um, talking about like the things that he doesn't do. He's like, I'll do like a whole wheat pasta. I'm like, I don't, I don't. All I want to say is this works for me. Yeah, it just works for me. Exactly. You and I talked to Ed Salazar, who's here, uh-huh. in such better shape than I am. I don't know about internally. I'd like to think I'm giving him a run for the money. Uh-huh. He's going to die first. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was just a shit on Ed Salazar, who very few people know. But yeah. I mean, the, the people that know him, way to way to dig into Ed, and then to say no, no few people know him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yep, hungover. Here we go. Uh, I, I forget what I was. Oh, I talked to people who are in far better shape than me mm-hmm. that eat everything. And then I'm just like, just do you, baby. Yeah. Do you. Yeah. How, but you're not, you don't come off as preachy at all. You still. Yeah, because, well, first of all, I'm in no position to preach at anyone. I ate 
horribly my entire life. Yeah. So I'm just now uh, trying this new lifestyle, and so yeah, and. Which- and and in my brain, I still lust after all these things we we've been talking about. So it's not like it's some moral thing. Like but I'm on some high horse. How long has it been? Uh, Sixty seven days. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. Do you want to know the problem? What's that? Here's the problem. <laughs> the deeper you go, uh-huh. the deeper you go. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, like people. Uh, I, I had a, a friend of mine tell me that she was like. I know where we are. Like, she'll listen to the podcast out of mm-hmm. order. And she's like, I know where we are in time based on what you're eating. Mm-hmm. So if you listened just recently, not that long ago, I would have told you that I was a flegan, mm-hmm. meaning flexible, mm-hmm. which means, like, I'll eat a cookie or whatever, or yeah. eat a little bit of cheese on the salad or whatever. I don't, I don't care. Uh, but, like, then the deeper you go, the more you start kind of changing what your body wants. Mm-hmm. Then before you know it, you wake up and you're like, no, I'm not a flea and I'm a vegan. Like, that's something people, yeah. my buddy Orin will be like, are you flea? And I'm like, I'm not flea, man. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. it's V now. Yeah. And then and then you start, you the risk is going over the deep end and becoming like a really unrelatable weirdo. And you have to make friends with people named Moonbeam and, <laughs> and Wheatgrass. Yeah. Oh, Wheatgrass has a great rack. She's, she's really something. Yeah. And then only surrounding yourself with people that have the same interests. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, you're on a commune. Yeah. One guy suggests getting <laughs> guns because of the government. Yeah. And then they shoot shoot up the barn. That's true. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. <laughs> it's safer yeah. to not... My therapist, we were, I forget what we were talking about, DGP, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now, was talking about eating from the tree of, of knowledge. You know, it's just a story. It's Adam and Eve uh-huh. eating that. And he's like, what's the cost of of knowledge, he's like guilt, shame, and like yeah. that's that's what you get. Yeah. And getting kicked out, yeah, guilt, shame, and you get the boot. Yeah. So like, is is it better to just kind of like go to Fenway Park and eat the nacho dog, and just be like, yeah, it's fucked. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. But then you start getting to the point where you're like, I don't think it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you were asking me about discipline, and in a way, it's discipline, but it's also like. I'm excited about my weight loss. So, like, you know, when I'll go a few days and just eat, you know, almost perfectly and <clears throat> I notice I've lost a couple pounds, it's like, then when I have temptations, it's like, oh, I could eat that slice of pizza, but tomorrow I will have not lost another pound. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look at that as the reward. You, you know, do the, have one of those you know, brains. You're, so. you're setting up a reward system. Yeah. It sounds like you test yourself. Yeah trials and stuff yeah like living in the van what you eat in the van oh god uh that's that was in my terrible phase yeah well nobody goes through a good yeah (laughs) i was really killing it in that van. yeah uh del taco yeah dt yeah just uh yeah taco tuesday taco thursday uh jack in the box tacos two for a dollar (laughs) like you knew the deals oh yeah i knew all the deals because I was. That was the other aspect. I wasn't living in a van because I was doing well. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was always on a budget. So, right. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't cook. I couldn't cook in the van. So it was, uh, you know, Tuesday. On a budget, yeah. in a budget. Yeah. Rent a van. <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah, it was just fast food. And, you know, I would try to How break did... it up with, you know, buying bread and turkey and stuff and sure. just making sandwiches. But yeah. Did it's... you do the math? You were like, it's a little bit cheaper if mm-hmm. I do this? Yeah, yeah. It's me. Uh, I'm not a lunatic. Mm-hmm. My instincts are like, make fun and, and mm-hmm. make jokes. But it's also kind of, that's that makes me sad. What, the you know van? What I mean? <laughs> just the van. What, 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 went on, what went on in the van? <laughs> no, it was... Hey, uh, Dave, why, why, why were you in that van? It was, uh, it was a uh, self-induced hardship. 
You know, what do you mean? Uh, well, gambling? No, I mean, <laughs> it, I, I didn't fall on hard times. It was a, it was a, it was a plan I wanted to execute. It was a, a strategy. It was just to get to L.A. and, oh. and live in this town. And uh, I'd wanted to. I'd been. I've been here now almost two and a half years. And uh, before I moved here, I had wanted to move for about two years prior to that. I was living in Atlanta. I just couldn't 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 save up enough money. Couldn't just get it together as far as roommates and rent and all that. You know, being a full time feature comic at that time, yeah, just working the road. That was my only source of income. Middling, yeah, making three hundred bucks at a crappy club for the weekend. Yeah, for the weekend. And, Thursday through uh, <laughs> Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. yeah, I mean, sometimes. Bucks. And, and um, your own yeah, it was just travel. it was just a. a a chance to be here and not pay rent. You know, I was like, well, I'll, I'll buy a van. I'll, knowing that I, as a, as a full-time comic and at the time of feature, knowing that my income was going to be so small, I said, well, let's make the, the outgoing as small as possible, too. Right. You know, and I had almost no bills, no debt. So, I mean, my monthly nut was like three or four hundred bucks a month. That's all I needed to make. So that's that was the point of the van. So I was like, yeah, friggin' out. You just made a van uh, sound good. Yeah, I live in a van for two years. Who gives a crap? Whatever. Like a good option. Yeah. (laughs) And I had fun with it. There's so many people that listen to the show. (laughs) There has to be at least 15 people (laughs) that were like, I'm going to get a van. Yeah. Because I thought you like lost your job oh, or something, no. something heartbreaking. No, it was it was. Uh, I did that to myself. You said yeah. I'm going to van it. Yeah. Where's the van now? I still have the van. You still yeah, have it's the van. Two blocks away. You I, drove that van. Yeah. I moved into an apartment about a month ago, so I've been out of the van for about a month, but I still have the van. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you had been out of the van since you got to L.A. You've only no. been out of the van for a month. Yeah. No. I my whole time in L.A. I lived in the van. That's what the van was for. So I bought the van in Atlanta, like in January van of, of, of 12, and two months later, yeah, Van Lana. Sorry, Katie left. <laughs> and then two months later, I, I moved to L.A. and lived in, in a van. In a van, in LA. Okay, let's get into some yeah. logistics, because yeah. I'm very interested. Uh, where are we parking the van? Uh, just on the street. And by the way, I know these are the questions everybody yeah. has. Let's just deal yeah. with it. No, that's fine. Where are we parking the van? On uh, the street. On the, actually, uh, in I don't know if you still live there, but in your neighborhood. Los Feel? <laughs> yeah. Like, on your street. Really? I, I don't know exactly where you live, but I, I have a friend who was like, yeah, I think Pete Holmes lives on that street. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. sure he appreciates a uh-huh. van weirdo <laughs> loitering outside of his apartment. <laughs> Not a bad street. My, my best spot was, and, and I, I won't bore you with the details of no, how please. to find a... Well, I want the details of uh, okay. how to find a spot. I had to be mobile, all right? I couldn't, find, I couldn't stay in the same place all the time because then it's like know the you. neighbors are like uh 911 there's a weirdo in a van who's been here for 7 days so i would i would have about 5 spots that i would rotate one was at the silver lake reservoir yeah. down by the reservoir yeah um, but literally that was one of my favorite spots cuz uh, if you know that area the silver lake area and the reservoir yeah. and the dog park and all that that's like one of the most private areas like at night Finding privacy in L.A. is almost impossible, but that's pretty secluded, yeah. relatively speaking. Right. So that was a spot. My best spot was on uh, Clayton. Clayton and, uh, uh, what's that, not, uh, the next street over from Hillhurst. Not Rodney. Vermont? No, the small. Oh, right small by the streets. Yeah. Anyway, right at Clayton and Hillhurst, uh, right by the fire department. Wait. That- behind, behind the Goodwill. 
Yeah, that is so sh- close to where yeah, I live. Yeah, yeah. That is so, so that was like my, my best spot. And yeah. I'll tell you why. because it, We were neighbors. Yeah, we were neighbors. Oh, I, got a lot, I got a lot of neighbors. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It was the best spot because, as you know, Los Feliz is a pretty nice neighborhood. It's a pretty safe neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but it's not so affluent that I'm going to stick out. You know, still a lot of young people live there. Right. It's not like it's Beverly Hills. Most of the people there look like they might be living in a van. Yeah, so it's nice, but it's But a still, nice van. Exactly. <laughs> it's a nice neighborhood, but it's not too nice. And uh, because... In a really crappy neighborhood, like sometimes I would stay like in Koreatown or not, no offense to people who live in Koreatown. Right. But it's the, weird that it was a race, a race town. Yeah. Like if you were like, <laughs> if I was living in Brentwood, yeah. you know what I mean? That would be fine. But yeah. if Brentwood was called Koreawood. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if I stayed in a really bad, rough neighborhood, uh, I would blend in. Nobody would care what I was doing. But then it, I've been broken into twice while I was in the van. So the the goal was to find a nice neighborhood, but not too nice. Who's breaking then, into vans? Yeah, I got broken into twice while I was in the van. Tell, so. tell the tale. Tell I've that told tale. this a lot. Long story short, 4 o'clock in the morning, long, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. Uh, my bed is uh, widthwise across the wheel wells, which I think would be a great album title. Uh, Wait, uh, widthwise, widthwise across the, the wheel wells? So my my mattress was widthwise in the van, not, yeah. not lengthwise. So oh. like left tire, right tire inside the bed. The bed yeah. was across those. So anyway, okay. so that means that the the back door was right here, about a foot from me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sleeping this way, and then the the back door, and there's the the, the driver's seat and the passenger seat. Anyway, guys breaking in at four o'clock in the morning. My first thought was, oh crap, I'm getting towed. I thought it was a guy hooking up. You know, I thought it was in a don't park spot. Yeah, whatever. sure. Then I realized what was happening. <laughs> And uh, it took a couple seconds to shake the cobwebs out. But guy's breaking in with a screwdriver. I, I have a tinted window. I can see him. He can't see me. So <laughs> I have a machete that I keep oh, in the okay. van. You are a van man. N- nothing but my underwear. You know, it's in summer. It's hot. So I'm just sleeping in my underwear. I grab the machete. I exit the driver's side door. I walk along the driver's side of the van, walk to the back. He still doesn't see me. I see him. He didn't hear a driver's side door. Were you quiet? Real quiet. Yeah, real quiet. Just, you know, I didn't shut the door. Just opened it, snuck out. Oh, you're a van man. I see him. He doesn't see me. We're about the distance that we are, but he's focused right here, you know, with his thing. And I didn't know what to do. It wasn't like a tough guy thing or or anything. My my only thought was I gotta stop him before he breaks that lock because that's yeah. a that's two hundred and thirteen dollars I don't have to get that fixed. Right. So I gotta stop him before he does that. So I just panicked and I was just like, "Hey!" Oh, <laughs> I just took a step towards him with and the just, machete. With the machete, yelled, "Hey!" I guarantee you, he crapped his pants because he did that like quadruple like take like. Oh. Like he couldn't, oh. and, and uh, he dropped the thing. He ran off. His buddy was idling in a truck. He hopped in the passenger seat, and they sped off. But just so, the two of them in the, the shit. Yeah, just and, the two and, of them in hot, anxious yeah. shit. Yeah. So, oh my uh, god. Yeah, and and immediately after, I was like, oh, what an idiot. He could have had a gun. Yeah. But I just, you know, I I was conscious for four seconds. Right. And I was like, ah, he's gonna. That's the. He's gonna break that lock. I can't have that. And I did, oh hey. my god. So, I yeah. actually. Oh god. What a what a bad situation. Because <laughs> if you just banged on the wall, like, hey, I'm in here. Yeah. I've seen too many movies or something, but, like, they could have just shot into the van or yeah. something. I mean. Yeah, and I, they weren't trying to steal it. Uh, it's a it's a white Ford cargo van, So I, and it's happened twice. Another time, a few months later, a guy was trying to break in the uh, the driver's side door. And on that one, I just woke up and kicked open the door. Like, I opened and kicked it at the same time, and it hit him in the chest, scared the hell out of him, and he ran off. 
and I didn't even exit the van that time. I just and I just shut the <laughs> door. <laughs> tell tell your friends I will not be intimidated. Um, but um, my point is, uh, it looks like a work van. So they're I think oh, they both think both times there was, they thought there were tools in it, so they were going to break into steal tools or whatever. So, oh yeah. my god! It, it just looks like a plumber's van or domestic terror you should have like painted on it or something like i'm a i'm a drifter yeah oh i have been tagged too then some jackass tagged the whole driver's side some graffiti <laughs> artist and you know where they write their names like yeah vomit or yeah, whatever yeah, sure. and, I, and i just left that on there i was gonna write is gay at the bottom you know <laughs> but what but, if vomit uh, sees it yeah exactly but yeah <laughs> so yeah i got tagged so that's the price you pay living in a van so. well <laughs> The 15 has gone down to seven. Seven people are still thinking that van's a good idea. But it, here's, here's my, uh, I don't want to sound like your, your parents here, yeah. but like you're in the van. Your cost of living is $400 yeah. a month, uh, including food, right? That's yeah. everything. That's, yeah. you, you don't have rent. <laughs> yeah. You got a van. Yeah. No possessions. Van's paid off. No, yeah. Yeah. Insurance? Yeah, insurance. So insurance and food was $400. Food, cell phone, gym membership. You know. To shower and yeah, stuff. Shower. Yep, yeah, shower. That go. was that's the other question. Where do you where do you shower? I yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wander around like a hooligan. The van stinking. cleans me. Yeah, like a mother <laughs> to a pup. Actually, I would see Katie. We we would go to the same gym, and I would see her a lot. And oftentimes, when I would see her, I had no intention of working out. It was yeah. just go in, check in, go to the shower come out like oh oh yeah no i'm not working out today that and would you fake it like oh hey katie and just pick up some free oh no i would oh yeah even the people who checked me in at the desk because you know in this gym you go in the desk is in the center and then you to your right are the locker rooms and to the left is all the workout stuff i'd come in check in go to the right locker room 10 minutes later come out and just leave and they're like he didn't yeah. yeah, yeah, they have to see that all yeah. the time. Yeah, though, and I'm yeah, like, man. what do you care? I'm paying my dues. I, right, you know, I don't have to work out. I'm just here. You to take would it prefer me to put my back sweat <laughs> on the bench yeah. press <laughs> on the old BP BS on the BP uh, hungover. <laughs> oh, and very little sleep. So my question that sounds paternal mm-hmm. is: cost of living low, mm-hmm. uh, working. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be like uh, now we have enough to get an apartment or something? You just you, did you get hooked on van living? <laughs> no, it was just uh, living on the rails. Well, that was the other problem. Like I say, uh, I was a working comic, but most of my work was on the East Coast because that's where I started. So right. I didn't have a lot of work out here. So what I would have to do is I'd come out here and I'd stay for a few months, and then I'd put together like a ten week run. Uh, on the east coast so i drive the van back to the east coast you should like a 10 12 week run i've done like five or six like 10 plus week runs where i'm just on the road for 10 weeks and uh well you're not really on the road you're in your house yeah exactly (laughs) little little, uh drifter humor go go tour tour for 10 (laughs) weeks and then come back so yeah i just go out earn as much money as i could in eight or 10 weeks and then come back and live here for three or four months and then go back out on the road and you wanted to be in la because just you know the same reason we all do we all want to be here tv film yeah writing (laughs) acting producing yeah I'm a Hollywood pretty boy. <laughs> Making deals. <laughs> well, uh, no, uh, it makes sense. So you go out on auditions and such? Uh, a little bit, I yeah. hate that question, by the yeah. way. That made me want to punch myself in the dick. <laughs> I'm just wondering, how's it going, I guess? It's, it's going well. Yeah, I just uh, just did my first TV spot last year. Uh, just did Last Comic Standing a few weeks ago. So. How was that? Um, 
it is what it is, you know. Yeah, it's, it's that's a, the it, response. It's a competition show for comedy, which is kind of stupid. But I'm in no position to be turning down opportunities. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah. So and they pay. Fun. Yeah, they pay cash. Fun and cash dollars. Another TV spot, you know, it's like a late well, night spot, I mean, but better. It's prime time. It's so, yeah, that's true. So. And people care. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think if you go on the road, people will care about that credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I give that show yeah. a hard time. There's something wrong about it. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. something just wrong about it. Oh, yeah. I agree totally. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do? I mean... I uh, feel like... You know what I think it is? It's almost like if we had... Sorry. If we had like a reality show judging mm-hmm. jazz yeah. or something, like yeah. trumpet players. Yeah. And because it's like an American art form. It's beautiful. The whole reason for it, the whole appeal of it yeah. is the liberation of it. Yeah. And then we're going to be like, no, we're going to judge you. We're going to tell you which of you are doing it right. Yeah. And it's like, no, I fuck the audience. Yeah. You don't tell me that I should have swung my hips more. Yeah, fuck. Well, and even that, I wouldn't mind if it were if I were being judged by people I respected. Uh, you know, even but it's like, oh, sorry, Keenan Ivory Wayne's. I don't oh, care. Oh, you name names. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast just went viral. <laughs> no, but it's like your opinion. No, I know. Your opinion means very little to me. But like, here's the thing: like, even somebody that you do respect, mm-hmm. like uh, Seinfeld, somebody mm-hmm. that I respect, I just disagree. Like, mm-hmm. he he will always say. Uh, not to me, mm-hmm. but uh, I've heard that if he gives advice, it'll always be to be like him. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. So he'll say, write every day, mm-hmm. uh, f- hone, edit, mm-hmm. hone, edit, and don't swear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, if we wanted another you. Exactly. But who are you going to listen to? Yeah. It all comes back. Everything comes back, in my opinion, to self-love and being mm-hmm. like, no, the way I do it is mm-hmm. the way that you should do it. Or, you know, at least that's what I think. Or that's what works for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the only thing we, we can all agree on is that you have to do it a lot. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the Just, only yeah. stand-up advice. Yeah. Right? Th- that really is the only good stand-up advice. I mean, yeah. even at my level, I get <laughs> That's right. open micers asking me, what can I do? Just, just go just up. do it. Just, just go do it up. as much as possible. I always give this analogy. Bodybuilders don't get that physique by working out twice a month. Yeah. You know, they do it every day. It's a lifestyle. Right. Same thing for comedy. Right. You can't dabble in it. You can't. And, and that's kind of been my philosophy Nobody with everything. Nobody likes a dabbler. I don't like anybody who half-asses anything. Yeah. So it's like well, that goes back to your van living. Yeah, and that was kind of the point of that. Like, okay, jackass, you want to you wanna go to L.A., but you can't afford it? What, 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 what's plan B? I'm like, okay, well, that I can do, so that I will do. Plan V. Yeah, plan V. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the wordplay. <laughs> I'm telling you, whatever part... <laughs> Of my brain that censors those dies with wine, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all it takes. Uh, that I think that's admirable. I think that's great. I think we do run... The, here's the caveat that I love telling people mm-hmm. to go for it. And I, I believe that mm-hmm. people can find something that is their bliss. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they're wrong what it is. Uh, and sometimes it takes a little time to figure that out. So that being said, really the caveat is you need to have talent. There mm-hmm. needs to be something... That you're good yeah. at. That's all. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying you have to be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm not saying Chappelle, 15 years old, going up and crushing. You don't mm-hmm. have to be that. Yeah. So I'll even pep you up if, you're, mm-hmm. if you think you're mediocre. It's like, fine, at least you're mediocre. Yeah. You can work on that. We have a little bit of dough. Let's add some water. Yeah. Let's add a little bit of flat. Let's see what we can get cooking. But you got to have a little something. You got to have some talent. And that was also my approach was 
I can't control how much talent I have. Yeah. All right. I'm I, I I'm only working with what I naturally have. That being said, I still can I can get better. I can right. improve, but I can control how hard I work or my effort. Can so you, yeah. so that it, whatever I can control, effort, right, you know, whatever that I will I will definitely contribute. That's to. great. So, and you need both of those yeah. things. So you need the naturally occurring talent. Mm-hmm. Then you need a little bit of working smart. I mm-hmm. think. Then the 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 area of stand up that I think is really important is. Asking yourself when, when uh, first of all, what is your goal? I know that's so mm-hmm. simple to say, but mm-hmm. it's like, what kind of comic do you want to be mm-hmm. is so important. Oh, yeah. You have to think about that. Because there's a billion answers. Yeah. There's a billion. You can't, if you say, I want to be a stand-up, yeah. it's like saying you want to work in the government. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. You want to be like a notary at the post office? Is yeah. that a government job? I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, post office, that's federal. Uh, or you want to be the president. Like, yeah. you have to tell me what the fuck that means. I think the more specific we can all get with what we want uh-huh. in terms of a relationship, in terms of your job, in terms of the kind of life you have or van lifestyle yeah. is is so essential. Yeah. So, so essential. So that uh, now we're just giving advice, which I love. <laughs> but you got to go up as much as you can. But yeah. then you also... Take a look to your left and to your right, and if you don't like what you see, you got to change. You got to change your environment. Yeah. You got to go up at a different room. Yeah, you got to go to a different fucking city. Yeah, like get out of your comfort zone too. That's yeah, that, that, I go. get annoyed with younger comics who who only play a certain type of room. Sure, and, you know. I mean, I understand we all have our preference, but like, I think it's important to be a well-rounded comedian. There you and go. if you only not even appealing to this small demographic, but if that's only who you're even giving it to, right. then you're going to limit yourself. Yeah, that's true. And especially in this town, and not to not to crap on L.A., because I love L.A., and I, the comedy community is great here, but occasionally I'll just see the L.A. comic. Who, uh, well, there's a couple yeah, of different okay. L.A. comics. Name, name. There's, JK, JK, there's JK. the one that's, um, <laughs> you know, more puts more thought and effort into his shirt and his hair than he does his jokes. Yeah. Which, that annoys me. I've been to the Laugh Factory. And then there's, exactly. Then there's the, uh, <laughs> I'm too cool, uh, I can't fail if I don't really try. Yeah. You know, there's not, I, I, I like comics that have that killer instinct. Like, yeah. oh man, like when Pete goes up, don't go to smoke because he may wreck yeah, this room. Yeah, yeah, but there's yeah, yeah. those guys that, like, you know, they're just, they're, they're not going to put forth the effort. It's they, the vulnerability. It's, yeah. If I they try, if then I, they could fail. Exactly. But I, I just, starting in Atlanta, I mean, they still have some guys there. Everybody thinks that if you're not in New York or LA, yeah. you know, whatever. But there's guys there that will be here soon and will be in New York soon. They're just monsters. Like, yeah. you don't, killers. You don't go outside when they're up. Right. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You need to see it yeah. because yeah. it's an event. You need to be, uh, <laughs> yeah. Killer instinct. And uh, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of that lacking here. I understand. Yeah. I completely understand. And when I say I've been to the Laugh Factory, that's because I have a specific memory of being at a show that was not even produced by the Laugh Factory. I don't even know why I'm being yeah. political right now. I'm just saying that's where I see that sometimes. Yeah. Well, we did a show there together uh, when I, my first week in town, really? actually. And uh, it was with, I won't name this person, but... Keen and Ivory away. Somebody who went up, who, who bumped us both and did 40 minutes. And, oh. And like, Jeez. Did I stay? Uh, I think so. Yeah, oh, I think ha- you were. I, I think you were supposed to go after me, and then this guy went between us, and then uh, you were uh, up in the balcony where the comics hang out, just like Jesus Christ. I'm like, uh, yeah, I it's don't... the obvious guy we're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, is yeah, no. Well, now it's, everybody's going to know who we're talking about. I don't. I don't mind that. I'm actually one of those guys that Kyle Canane. <laughs> Kyle, you dick. That, no. <laughs> um, 
I think that's I, – I have a very – we're just going to say that that's Dane. It, it's a pro yeah. – I have a pro-Dane approach, mm-hmm. even when he does stuff like that. I, I will get mad at anybody going on before me because I just get anxious. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to get on there. Yeah. It's a hard thing to be holding – uh, like a grenade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to talk about being a killer. So you're just holding the grenade. Just let me in onto the stage and so I can throw it. Yeah. And then you're just standing and you start to sweat and you're watching somebody else and you're gauging the audience and you're listening to their laughs in the same way. So it's not a Dane thing. Yeah. But I will say, and I, don't, it's, I know I have friends that disagree with this, that I'm like, well, there's people here in this audience because this stuff happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can't, you can't complain. Yeah, I um, get it. Yeah, and I totally you, get... By his... the way, you can complain, but you can't, like, you got to understand that, mm-hmm. too. And I get that he has earned the right to do that. Right. I totally do. That being said, it's still annoying. Of course. You know. They, there's, you know what's funny is people tell the story about the time that they bumped, and then Tosh, I'll never forget, came to uh, the improv, and of course, he can bump everybody, but he asked where they were in the show, he mm-hmm. wanted to see, and I know Dane's done that, too. Yeah. But then the one time Tosh, and I, I'm just making this up, goes up and just bumps and then does an hour because who knows what he's going through or what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't tell the story about the time that these guys go and are gracious because you, know, yeah. you know there are. Oh, yeah. But we just remember the hot pangs of like, yeah. fuck this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I feel that way. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand watching the show before me. It yeah. really bothers me. Yeah. Unless it's a, one of those guys like you're saying that you have to watch. Oh, yeah. I like Atlanta. For yeah, comedy. Atlanta's fun. You had it's, that good, good room that closed. Yeah, the Relapse Theater. Relapse yeah, Theater. That was, that was like the hub. That was, that was and, amazing. Uh, it was a shame when that closed. But there's still there's some amazing shows there. Every Monday, Star Bar yeah. uh, is one of the best shows in the country. Like, no. Headliners that come and, and play the weekend will often stay an extra day just to do the free Star Bar show. Shut. Kyle's done it. Uh, Rory Scovel's done it. a lot. Of, Todd Glass has done it. Uh, well, yeah. no, Todd's done. He used to do the relapse a lot. I don't know if he's done Starbar, but a lot of headliners will stay and do the Monday night show. If you're ever back yeah. during the weekend, stay. And you do know, it, it's, it's funny. It's an amazing room because as I'm trying to work on a new hour uh, now, you know, you're always kind of. But now I'm like, there's a difference. You mm-hmm. feel something click, and you're like, I need an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, and I need to write every bit that I have yeah. on it. Like, I bet you relate to that. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I'm the doing way that right now. Works. I'm trying to construct my hour. Right. I'm recording an album in October. Yeah, and now it's like, well, what do I do? I, you know, it's. I guess it's a good problem that I've got more material than I need, but still, it's like, right. well, what, what do I put on this? You know, which, yeah. which, which jokes do I do? And sometimes I, I think about Atlanta uh, being that place that has those good rooms. Yeah, like you could work. Yeah, even not not to say even, but Laughing Skull is a club, so uh-huh. that's why I say even. Yeah, but it's it doesn't feel like a club. It feels like a yeah. room in yeah, the good it's way. Intimate. Yeah, it's small. And that's the place where you kind of like, oh, maybe you do like a Tuesday, Wednesday there. Yeah, a Monday Star Bar, and just just to work out. You know what I mean? And that's one place. That's one reason why I do miss Atlanta. Uh, L.A. is great, but L.A. is so big that it's as you know, it's it's not really a scene. There's multiple scenes. There's or, so many scenes in Atlanta. It was small enough. It was big enough to where you could get up every night, multiple times a night. But it was small really? enough. Yeah, you could you get Surprising. up twelve times a week. You know, I mean, yeah, half of those were open mics. Of but course. Still. <laughs> Um, but it was small enough to where if I'm not at Starbar on Monday, those guys are going to give me crap about it on Tuesday. Interesting. Or if I'm doing the same joke. Just watching. Jo- yeah. yeah or, and if I'm doing the same joke that I've done too long, they're going to let me hear about it. Where here, you can kind of Well, that's where you the get surface. the L.A. comic. Yeah. Exactly. That's where you get the guy with the shirt. Yep. That is, I think that is, that is the shit that I never want mm-hmm. to be talked about me, which is... Oh, Pete's doing that old bit again. Exactly. That just makes me so 
I'm actually in a precarious situation because I haven't taped some material. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it before I did the, the talk show. So it's not recorded anywhere. But when I went on tour, I was doing it. Oh. So I want to keep doing it. But it's lost a little bit of that shine for me. Yeah. And then I'm afraid the audience is going to be like, we heard this last time you were in town. Yeah. And then I'm like, but that's my closer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I was actually thinking about this. What do you do? I think, can I just yeah. solve my own uh-huh. problem? I think what you do is you take the thing that, it's the Louis C.K. thing. Uh-huh. You take the closer and you put it towards the yep. beginning. Yeah. And it's just a bonus. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. What make make new closers. Yeah. Oh, not to go on a, on a different topic and not to bring up Please. a sore subject, but the TV show. Oh, which, yeah, which sure. I was a fan of. Um, your you. monologues. I mean, you were burning so much. Yeah. Material. I mean, so many is premises. a lot of that stuff in your act, or is that stuff y'all Good generated question. just for the show? Uh, it was, it was uh, I can't break it down in a percentage. I'd mm-hmm. have to think about that more. What it was was most of the time, 80% of the time, it was my premise. Okay. And then, uh, which I actually started to be like, I think that's pretty valuable. Uh-huh. You're saying like, I, uh, I don't want to be a sad dad. Yeah. I see dads that are sad, yeah. and I'm terrified of being a sad dad. Yeah. But that's an example. That was something I was doing in my stand-up, and then we fleshed it out. Okay. Then, so, like, Chris Thayer wrote that great line about, uh, I don't want to walk around wearing a, t- a free T-shirt my bank gave me. Yeah. And that's one of the funniest lines in it. So Thayer wrote that. Um, but then would flesh it out. And then when we were doing so many, it just got to the point where it would be like, you're wearing a baseball hat. I'm not a hat guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we would just be like, what are the different types of hats? And uh-huh. that was a different okay. kind of monologue. Yeah. There were the stand-up-y ones. There were the ones that were a little bit more presentational. And then there was sometimes someone like Joe DeRosa or uh, Jamie Lee would j- or Matt McCarthy would just bang one out. Yeah. They would just be like, I think they would, they'd pitch it to me. Yeah. They could write in your voice. And Yeah. Or you know what it was? It was they could, uh-huh. and then also it's just like these are just jokes. Yeah, I remember one we did about food trucks, and it was just like, let's just run it by Pete. Do you want to uh-huh. say you love food trucks or that you hate food trucks? And I'll be like, let's go with uh, I forget what we went with, but it didn't really matter. It just then we just talked about repurposed, repurposed ambulances okay. serving like lobster rolls, <laughs> and like how it's fun that they're never in the same yeah. place like your house and the same place <laughs> twice. So we just wrote general jokes, yeah. and you could trust them much more with that. Yeah, but if it had to be like, I didn't realize I was so opinionated. It actually helped me as a comic uh-huh. realize my perspective on a lot of things because you know in the eleventh hour and you're doing these shows, someone would pitch something and you just had to be like, no, yeah. I would never say that. And I didn't even know that. Yeah. I would never put down Claude Monet. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not even true. I have a bit where I make fun of him. <laughs> but like you, you really start to figure out who you are. And ideally, uh, the writers did start to adapt and, and learn. But at the end of the day, you have to ask. Yeah. It'd be like, Dave, how do you feel about dudes with bicycles? Yeah. And you're, and you're like, you have to go in yeah. and go, I mean, inside and be like, uh, it's cool. I envy them. Yeah. And find that strong emotion. I Envy guys on bikes. That's a, that's that was a val. I'm telling you a lesson that I learned yeah. was like, what is your perspective? Yeah, it's like a goal. Yeah, it's like knowing what you're doing. And I've said this many times, but like knowing that you want to, um, you're on a date and you want to see them again, or you want to have sex or something. Uh, knowing what you want is so valuable to getting what you want. And in comedy, knowing what you're saying. We talked about it like roots. I was like, I'm saying fuck bikes or I'm envious of bikes. Yeah. And those, w- those wouldn't be on the cards, but I could say the sort a of mantra of the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. 
where we could just go like, I'm envious. Yeah. I want to be a bike guy. I'm not a bike guy. Yeah. That was never on the card. Yeah. That was just what I would say if I felt them, if I felt like I was losing them. Well, that's what, to me, that's what comedy is all about. It's have a point of view. And Fucking I'm not saying a. everybody has to be Bill Hicks, but have a point of view. And yeah. the, the comics that I really am, cannot tolerate are the ones that just get him, well, what, what, what's your opinion? Word play. No, say something, jackass. And uh, but yeah, you gotta have a point of view. I know what you mean. Yeah. Although, you know, I was thinking about that because I, I always, it's not my my favorite kind of comedy is the uh, perfectly crafted jokes. I do like it. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw Dimitri Martin, it blew my mind. Uh, but Dimitri's does have a point of view, mm-hmm. you know, which is weird. Yeah. I'm not saying you were saying that he doesn't. Yeah. I strongly prefer the Bill Burrs mm-hmm. than... Yeah. Uh, than where there's no doubt where he's coming from. Exactly. And it's just a delight. Yeah. Because we live in a world where we don't... I know it's a typical girlfriend thing. I'm not saying that. No one knows where they want to go to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but you know it's what I mean? Perfect example, yeah. Right? Mm. No one knows... They what know they, where they don't want to go. People... Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And they know... Uh, to keep their mouth shut after the movie yeah. and see if you liked it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's something about a guy like Bill getting on stage all redheaded and, and angry <laughs> and just being like, Brutal. I fucking hate, no, I hate Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. No, I hate it. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Oh, he's it's just best. fun. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's empowering, I think. Yeah. Seeing other people, I'm not saying be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody thought I was saying that, but I, I'm not saying you have to. I don't. I would never want to consider myself opinionated, mm-hmm. but it is nice to go to train yourself mm-hmm. to take the elevator down from your brain to your heart, open the door, uh, talk to your counselors. We all have different facets of our personality, mm-hmm. and there are, and some of them disagree with each other. Some of them liked Godzilla. Some of them didn't like Godzilla. And you go in and you ask them because you're the CEO. You go, "What did we think about Godzilla?" And you get a bunch of things, and then you have to, as the CEO. Take take what that means and be like, okay, I'm going to go back to the brain, and then and then you get that out. And the more you do that, the more you train yourself in figuring out what you actually want yeah. or think, the better artist, person, communicator, lover, yeah, <laughs> you'll be. <laughs> yeah, it, it all ties in together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you say after that yeah. silly rant? <laughs> what do you say? Can I ask you real quick, changing the subject, how much weight did you lose? Because I know you've you've lost quite a bit of weight. Well, after I saw the old fat sick nearly, mm-hmm. we just call it fat sick. Because I was, um, I first uh, learned about you uh, during your half hour or your presents. Okay, and, and, yeah, uh, yeah, which was great, by the way. You liked it? Oh yeah, oh, I love when people so like, many quotable, like that. you know, New York State Lottery. Yeah, hey, you, you never, never know. know. And the uh, the. Um, Oh, my favorite is. I'm sorry. No, nope, please. Kiss your ass for it's a my second. My favorite uh, part of the show so far. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh, oh my god! The act out, honey. Yeah, baby. That's on John Oliver. Oh, is that John Oliver? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the that's present, fine, the half fine. hour. Yeah. Um, uh, man, that bit. That's killer. That's a com- that's a comedian bit. Mm-hmm. Comedians yeah. like a bit. You know why? Because uh, it's just <laughs> it's a playground bit. People uh-huh. have heard me say this before. You can do that bit as long as they're with you. Yeah, yeah. See how far you can take it. I find well, those. you have the other bit that, that that's the whole point of is the oh the, the adults candy. eating candy yeah adults eating candy that's yeah. also I can't believe uh, they let me and that I did do it on Conan <laughs> because that's a that's a six minute it's supposed to be a five minute set yeah and I think my Conan where I did that was eight minutes wow. or something just 
totally went over. Yeah. But that's when I was super doughy to answer your question. Yeah. My first Conan, my second Conan, uh, was 50 pounds. 50? Wow. 50 pounds. That's amazing. In a, in, I don't remember how long it took. Mm-hmm. It took a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I did I did the I did the juice thing. Yeah, I drank juice. But then like I would eat anything that I would juice. Okay. So like I would eat a banana. There's oh. some people that are like I'm just juicing. Yeah. I'm like I'm gonna eat a fucking banana. Yeah. I was also writing for TV at the time, which meant that I did very little physically. Yeah. So I could just drink a juice in the morning. I made a juice. I was really. Here's the other thing that's interesting to me is that people need to open the door themselves. You uh-huh. know what I mean? You can tell someone like, hey, you want to uh, lose weight or whatever, you should go on a juice fast. That's, that's bullshit. That's just not going to help anybody. Uh-huh. They, you need to have that engine. Why are you doing it? And I had just gotten out of a, a relationship that was very toxic to me, and then I just really wanted to mm-hmm. change and do good. So that's what you need. You don't yeah. just need the facts. Like, yeah. oh, you're getting your whatever, nutrients and blah, 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 and calories. Nobody gives a fuck. But if you just felt like you got run over by a breakup, uh, even though I ended it, but it was still so traumatic, uh, then you – similarly, with the show ending, Mm -hmm. uh, I I was being raw vegan the whole time pretty much, and then um, the show ends. So you think the first thing you do is eat a a cake. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm grateful that I have this brain that just on a chemical level – Sends it the other way. It goes like, no, eat more lettuce. Yeah, that's great that you can do that. <laughs> that's hard to do. But you see, the thing is, is like, I agree that that's great. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel involved in that. Mm-hmm. I do train my brain to think certain ways sometimes, but I think that's just, it's just fortunate wiring that I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to like mope around and drink a glass of rum. Yeah. We, I was making. I'll give you a sweet it's a recipe. Funny visual, uh, a glass of rum. Just moping around with my rum. <laughs> the happiest liquor. Life, life's not fair. <laughs> nope. I was. I was. Ma- Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I ruined it. I was making lunch when uh-huh. we got the news, uh. and then I just kept making lunch. Wow. It. I, that's not to say that I wasn't. In a state of shock. Like, uh-huh. I, I was the guy that was lo- breaking into the van, and uh, <laughs> a guy with a machete came and went, You're not renewed! That's how I felt. Yeah. I did a quadruple take and I shit my pants. Yeah. But then I continued to make the lunge. I uh-huh. wasn't like, let's, let's fuck everything. But I talked to Jesselnick a little bit about that, and he said he had a similar thing when his show got canceled. Uh-huh. He was like, uh, he, he went, well, you can't get fat now. <laughs> because then everyone will know. Yeah. It's it's a very kind of uh superficial way, but I related to what he was saying. It's yeah. like you can't he was like, you gotta keep shaving, you gotta get a haircut, <laughs> you gotta uh stay in whatever shape you were in, or be okay with people being like Pete uh, Pete yeah. took some sauce and Ben and Jerry. Yeah. Which is fine. Some, yeah. sometimes people it got do that. To him. Yeah. You asked me some good questions, then I got all yappy. Oh, that's all right. Hey. I like, like to hear. That's what. That's that's why we're here. We want to hear Pete yap. I'm under no illusion that this is about me. <laughs> this is about who I am when you're here. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about love a little bit. Sure. Uh, what's that going for you? Just got out of a relationship last week. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, did you pull the trigger? Or did they? Uh, is it tricky? Is that a tricky question? I guess I did, 
but it was just one of those things, you know. But yeah. to her credit, this is the same girl who dated me for over a year while my address was a van. <laughs> so I give her credit. She was not a superficial bimbo. She was like, oh, that's uh, our first date at the end of it. I was like, yeah, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> and she, I don't know what she thought I was about to lay down, but I was like, yeah, I don't, uh, don't really have a place. Yeah, I live in a van, and she uh, she's like, oh, that's that's weird, but I don't care. I like you for you. Oh. Like, oh, well, good for you. So, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, that just ended. Uh, Did she live ago. in a hammock or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the twist. She lived in a canoe, so she was in no position to judge. <laughs> she's doing backflips in her mind like, oh, my God, Bethany, I don't have to lie about living in a canoe. <laughs> Finally, I found the perfect man <laughs> yeah. who will so not judge me. She stuck with you through van. Yeah. You ever yeah. do it in the van? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that question a lot. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't allow that. Be- only because not that I wasn't into it, right. but I was like I don't want you to ever have to remember this. <laughs> God. You're, you're going to have grandchildren one day, and they don't need to know that Mama, You don't need to go to Carcosa. That, that Mamma <laughs> made it in a van with a weirdo. <laughs> Good. All right. No no van fucking. So strictly their place? Yeah. You're a their place yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, of course. Well, I had to be. <laughs> so you dated for a while. Yeah, we dated uh, over a year, year, year and a half maybe. Yeah. That's about On and off. You know, there were several you know breaks in between. It wasn't yeah. just solid. Were and, you fu- and ultimately, that was... What led to it? It was just too, you know, wishy washy. But uh, oh, like you're like, what are we doing? She was like that, and I was, I was, I didn't want really much part of a relationship to be because that was my 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 theory was, you know, apartment first, girlfriend second. Yeah, you know, I right. can't can't be in a relationship when I don't even have a, a a place to live. Right. Um. So yeah, I wanted it to be casual, and she wanted it more, and and I was like, eh, I can't. And plus, I've always um. To give you a little backstory, I was with I was with one girl for nine years, uh, uh, and it ended towards the beginning of stand up, and that's kind of how that ended. She gave me an ultimatum. She's like, "It's me or stand up," and I'm like, "Well, all right, see you later." And since then, it was like I'm, I'm dating I'm dating comedy, right? You know? I and I We're really like was weird nuns, yeah, in that way. yeah. I really and I adhered to that, and I loved that. And then at some point, you know, it wears off to where you're like, "Well, maybe I should be normal." You know, be like a normal human being and have yeah. a relationship of some, you know, significance. And uh, that's when that door opened. But then now, recently, I'm kind of leaning towards my old ways of like, nah, I, I don't need the distraction. Yeah. It's it's such a distraction. Well, also, my, my theory is I don't want to be half-assed at anything. So to be an amazing comedian or to at least put forth the attention and effort that I need to get there, I can't be an amazing boyfriend. I can't be an amazing father, you know. So it's like, you know, I, I'll do. I I don't want to be half-assed at, at, at boyfriend and half-assed it's at comedy. So troubling. So yeah, and it is, and that's <laughs> what that's, you say. I don't even know. It's discouraging. It's funny because most people skirt around this issue, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't really say that. And I'm always on the lookout to make sure that I'm not uh, pro divorce. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always talking about what a good thing my divorce was for my mm-hmm. comedy, uh, and just kind of like figuring myself out. But really, uh, I'm at a place now 
where I absolutely feel like you can be a good father, you can be yeah. a good husband, and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, you're you because you right. You're at your career where you can do that. Right. I'm not there yet, so I don't want any distractions. It's interesting because I kind like I kind of agree, and at the same point, I'm like, you're not a leper, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of hours in the day. Mm-hmm. What is it? Because okay. Uh, I had a relationship where they didn't like that I was doing shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that can happen. Yeah. But then I've also had relationships where we were like, you like to go up every night. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, was, I was never in every night. Well, yeah. I was when I started, but yeah. then I you know, started turning it down a little bit. Yeah. And that's the thing we say on the show a lot is you have to live a life worth commenting on. So it's possible... That's why so many comics talk about airline peanuts. Yeah. You that's know, a great the point, 80s, by the way. Is because that's your life, yeah. right? So... If I can appeal to this to, to the sociopath or the lunatic in you, <laughs> a girlfriend and a family and a life at some point is going to be the thing that keeps yeah. you. It's who said it? It's like I think it was Dave Keckner who's married, uh-huh. lovely wife actually, Five lovely kids, family. Right? Yeah, and he was like, no, it was Dana Gould who, unfortunately, well, I don't think we can. Is he D- divorced? Yes, and it's public. It's public. Okay. He talks about it. Well, he they unfortunately got divorced. Mm. But he said this great point. It, see, because something ends doesn't mean it was a failure. He was married and he has a family. Uh, so he um, he talked about it's bad for a man to be like, unte- especially a man, especially a comedian, to be untethered for too long. Mm-hmm. You start turning into like a waxy weirdo that yeah. like only has comments on about what it's like traveling from, you know, Austin to Dallas yeah. and trying to make the 830. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I mean, uh, it sounds like you know you're aware of that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm totally, and it's a great point what you said. Uh, you have to live a life worth commenting on. Yeah, you know. So, and that was a little bit of my thought process when I finally gave in and was like, okay, I'll date someone. So, right. Yeah, I need, you know, and, and you know, we all as comics, we I'll need do it for the material. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, and we need. I don't. I really. I don't. I'm not. I this feel like yet, I'm but, talking to stand up. <laughs> It's like you're not a person, you're the thing that's in all our brains, but for some reason you're just a pure cut yeah. of this ty- type of lunacy. You have to say, you have yeah. to understand that I'm not calling you crazy oh, no, no. in a I mean way. Oh, no, but I totally get it. Because I, I, have, I see it in myself. I have zero, literally zero friends that aren't comedians. Right. You know, and I know that's pretty common amongst yes. comics, but yeah, you need to talk to somebody who's not a comic. You need to date somebody right. who's not a comic, but I'm just not willing to do that right yeah. now. Yeah. So she similar... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for your candor. I just, I think these, those thoughts are good to get out. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. For people dating comedians. And you're right. There, there is a, a place, you know... I remember when I when I got divorced, we were thinking about having kids, which I now look Ugh. back and I'm uh, you're stand up. <laughs> Katie, is Ugh. he here? Have I just been Bill Burring it and talking to myself? Are do, is there a guest? Oh, why a comedian would ever want a kid early in their career? Mm. That you're the whispering <laughs> voice. But that's why I like it. Yeah. Okay, because so I was twenty six, I think, when we really started kind of talking about it. Uh-huh. Uh we did that creepy thing where we we talked about what we would name them yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And uh and I remember not knowing my own perspective, uh-huh. which was I don't want kids right now. I do I would like kids at some point. I'm I'm kinda getting that 
point again where and it's not just I mean the TV show's over it's not just that it's just kind of like I think we figured this out enough that we could do that yeah and I would like to do that at some point but then 26 yeah 26 and like we didn't have any money zero money I remember when we got a divorce it might sound like a lot to a lot of people I don't know but we had like three grand total between the two of us it was like we had nothing uh-huh. i mean that's that's a decent amount of money it's pretty good i know i'm talking to <laughs> old 400 a month over here but three grand between two people uh-huh. 15 50 we both had jobs yeah i was on i was on vh1 you know what i mean like we should have had more than three grand yeah uh but you know there was we weren't working that much uh-huh. so anyway how'd i get there so kids terrible idea and all of this stuff that you're saying <laughs> is exactly what I was thinking, but didn't have the sociopathic courage mm-hmm. to say it. It's not even sociopathic. It's just I didn't have the courage to speak, Al Gore, an inconvenient truth. Yeah. It's like you need – when my wife and I got divorced, she was like, you do have uh, – you are in love with something, and I think it's comedy. She yeah. didn't say it. I just improved her ending line. But like it was basically just like she saw that I was really – trying to give the business yeah to comedy like it was like an in love sort of thing yeah and even at sorry i'm yapping so much no. but after the show the talk show ended and i knew it was over i booked a bunch of stand-up mm-hmm. i was like let's do shows i don't want to i kind of want to hide i'm gonna do a lot of shows mm-hmm. and then i go up did a show here at meltdown it went really good and you're like I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. I'm sorry, baby. I'll never leave again. You know what I mean? You yeah. feel like you, you're going back to your, your your wife. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly how I feel because, like I said before, I was with this one girl for nine years, and I was in love with her, and yeah. we had a great relationship, but it the, the last two years of that was the first two years of my stand-up. Yep. So that ended because... You know, I was just starting to work the road. I'd come home and be like, hey, I just got booked three weeks in April. And she's like, oh, you're going to be gone three weeks in April. I'm like, oh, yeah. But so she gave me like an ultimatum. And the whole time I was with her, it was in my 20s, I, I sacrificed so much for her. I always put her first. I took jobs I didn't want to work just because I would help us. And, yep. you know, we were going to get married. And just I, I and plus, like a lot of people in their 20s, at the same time, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So when I found comedy, it was like, oh, finally, this is what I'm doing. Right. And then shortly after that, when we broke up because of comedy, I thought, well, I sacrificed so much for her. And where did it get me? Okay, now I will never, and I, to this day, I will never not do exactly what I want to do, especially because of a woman. Oh, my God, you... I'm stubborn. I mean, I'm are... not going to let a woman get in, in the way of, of my goals and dreams. And not even goals and dreams, but just what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my life. I'm going to do it as the best I can, and, and you all don't that wanna, shit's just going to have to wait. You don't want a relationship to get in the way. No, absolutely not. And it's selfish. It's a selfish and stubborn point of view. Well, but it's 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 what I'm doing, and friend, and I'm okay with it. I ju- I'm just I'm impressed with how you're saying something that is is uh, tricky. I think it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, but I remember having a very similar feeling. I remember thinking that if if comedy was one one of the reasons, and it was uh, that I got divorced. I was like, well, I just put that on the altar of comedy. I remember thinking that. Yeah. I was like, I just sacrificed this thing I love. Yeah. Like, there's a line in uh, the, one of the Bourne movies where uh, 
one of the heads of the people chasing Bourne is like, I've given three marriages to this mm-hmm. job. And I was like, I don't want to do that. By the way, for the record, that's not my plan yeah. uh, at all. I don't want to you know, do the Johnny Carson thing of five wives yeah. and you just never have anything. In fact, that's why a big point that I'm glad you heard is like you got to have a life worth living, uh, worth commenting on. Um, but I, 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 it's just interesting. You're reminding me of that crazy side of myself. And then that was the thought of how everything that I was given, the, the marriage, what if I just put that towards comedy yeah and what if i just said yes to everything and just was really really selfish yeah for a while and uh it it did help to that i do want to say speaking of ray romano and lunch <laughs> he was that guy that had you know two twin boys uh-huh. and a wife yeah and you know still, it can be done it can be done it can and i just don't want to do it i understand <laughs> I, I i completely i completely understand. yeah it's a little bit it is a little bit troubling the way you're f- if you'll allow me to say this, <laughs> the way you're classif- classifying love in your brain. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that it takes one to know one, yeah. and I've changed a little bit, uh, quite a bit, from completely agreeing with what you're saying. And it, we, we can't say, is it because I'm where I'm at and yeah. I'm doing you know, well, like I think I'm doing well? Uh, so I'm, I, do I have the luxury of then saying like love and marriage and kids and relationships are good now? Uh, but it's just like, I don't want to make it sound this like advice. It's more uh-huh. to the people listening. It's like, we need to be careful how, what, what impulses come up when you see something. So you mm-hmm. see a beautiful girl that wants to date you. And if all you see is the bacteria mm-hmm. and the virus and, yeah. and the potential for pain, then that's all, that's all you'll get. That's true. Yeah. And, and you won't, we build these walls up, you know, mm-hmm. they keep out the bad, but they also block all this good. Yeah. And then, and again, it just takes one to know one. I'd love to talk to you again in a year, two years where you've cracked something. Uh-huh. Maybe it's this movie. Who, who, who cares? Yeah. You've gotten to that place. And you're like, oh, my God. Because it turns out love is all of it. Uh-huh. Stand-up is giving you love. And then your relationship is giving you this other type of even more direct love when it's really, really good. Yeah. It's, just, it's different. Yeah. But it's all love. And you're like, oh, I just want as much of that as I can get. And I want to give as much of that as I can. And you'll, and you'll remember. I, I had a bit about like every time I had sex – I would remember that sex is amazing. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God, this is what all the buzz is about. Yeah, I get it. And it's the same thing when, when you get back into a new love. When you have these boundaries uh-huh. up appropriately, yeah. just high enough to keep a sheep out, but not so tall that you, can't, that you block any true love and relationships, just keep the bullshit sheep out. Yeah. But let, let the love in. This yeah. has been Let the Love In. <laughs> With two loons, two fucking <laughs> lunatics agreeing with each other about how you have to sacrifice uh, everything. Well, and part of my problem, I guess you could call it, or my issue is I'm one of those people who I don't mind being alone. I mean, I don't want to die alone. And I'm not saying I never want to be in a relationship. But I sincerely think that most people, would, men or women, would rather be with the wrong person than no person. I completely And agree. I'm not like that. I'm perfectly content. Good. You know, because I do have other things in my life that bring me joy. Stand up, my friends. And that's how it should be. Yeah. So I don't the need the, I don't need a subpar, you know, toxic relationship because it's better than nothing. Right. I'd much rather have nothing. 
Fucking A. So. I completely agree with that. And then something that I've learned post-divorce is I want the people that I'm with and I want for myself to be able to meet their own needs. So it's not a codependent thing mm-hmm. where it's like I don't know what I would do without you. I used to think that all that sort of stuff was romantic. I'm seeing somebody now and I'm like uh, – I'll say something like, oh, uh, I'm so happy I found you or something. And then I'll be like, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm doing fine. I was doing fine without you. You, it's, it, you find a funny way to say yeah. this. But like you – even in those compliments in a joking and silly you, – you'd have to be there to understand mm-hmm. what I mean. It's just like a little thing we do. We're like – you're you're like you'll be like you belong to me. You're also your own person, mm-hmm. and like you can do whatever you want because you're you're a three dimensional person. But you're mine, and you're my puppy, and you chase them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I agree with you. So meet your own needs. Yeah. So you can be in a relationship not because you need it, mm-hmm. and because you're kind of like addicted to that. But be like, that's a that's a beautiful and powerful thing. I can get love. Mm-hmm. I can get a feeling of fulfillment. It's just so much better sharing that with mm-hmm. you and having something, someone to give to. Yeah. Rather than get, you calm my anxiety and, you, and you're the only one I can play cello in front of mm-hmm. because I'm so nervous. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah. Be a great cello player and enjoy playing for your girlfriend, but not because she's the only one that allows you to do yeah. it. That's just, that's just codependence. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Most rock songs are just codependence. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to close my eyes. That was a bit of mine. I should bring that back. I need material. I'm going to write it down. Uh, codependent music. Uh, well, cool, man. Let's close with um, the Lord. How's the Lord doing? <laughs> I don't know. How is he doing? Uh, well, you know, I keep writing him letters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I burn them, and the smoke <laughs> brings it up to the sky where the Lord is. Uh, I don't know. Were you raised religious? Yes, very much so. In Atlanta, uh, in Georgia, in Georgia, uh, uh, north of Atlanta, rural North Georgia. Um, Bible Belt, BB, um, Southern Baptist. Ooh, I mean, from day one, from as early as I can remember. I all was, the, all I, I know about church. Southern Baptist is sweating and food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and music. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <you> <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, let me hug your neck. Come here, Pete. Let me hug your neck. That always creeped me out. What do you mean? Just, uh, just a lot of affection. Like just with the hand on the neck. Yeah. Just, well, it's just the the way they would term it. You know, uh, let me hug your neck. I'm like, oh, and then just give you a regular hug. Yeah. Just yeah. But they would call it. Let me hug your neck. And I that makes thought, hey, less sense than the pork bone. Get, get away from me, Mister Peterman. Um, <laughs> but affectionate. Yeah. Very affectionate. Love your neighbor. Greet your neighbor. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Greet your neighbor. Um, I've since have developed different viewpoints uh, from what I was taught. Um, so you swallowed it. You were into it. Yeah. Well, you kind of had to be. Yeah. You know, it's like but against it... your will, you know, get in the car. We're going to church. You know, I'm six. What am I going to argue? You know? <laughs> okay. You're Maybe like... I'll get some cookies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? It's, it's something to do. You got all that energy. But here's my problem with the way I was raised religiously. Uh, I was saved... When I was six years old, mm. at six years old, under the pressure of family and the church, uh, I I asked the Lord to come into my heart and and forgive me of all my sins. Mm-hmm. You know, all those horrible sins that I had committed as a six year old. 
And well, you did look at your butthole in the mirror. Such a that was, uh, fuck, that was fucking weird. Such a um, such a life decision. Like this is going to change your life, and and according to them, stay with your life and shape your life for the rest of your life. Right at six. Right. Somebody gives that talk. Yeah. 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 And then one day I woke up and I was twenty, and I was like, "Wait, what? Mm. Nah, mm-hmm. I can form my own opinions." <laughs> so that's kind of my thought on that now. <laughs> You've got a, like a beautiful aggressive streak. <laughs> It's really funny to see something clicks in your face, and you're like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. Yeah, nobody tells you what to do. <laughs> I can bring that back. That's still stand up. Anyway, uh, okay, so what does that mean? Well, I say it like this. I, I would classify myself as an agnostic uh, sure. simply because I'm smart enough to know that I don't know I and am. that nobody knows. And I understand the concept of faith. I understand, well, this is what I believe, and no, I can't prove it, but this is what I need, and this is what helps me. That's fine. Do your own thing. But I, the fact that, and I think my problem with some Christians is they're, they're so, this is the law. Yeah. This is it. How the hell do you know? Right. You read it in a book that you don't really know who wrote. Right. Well, that, that was interesting you to know? me when I saw the Bill Nye uh, creation debate, and he kept going, well, Bill, it's a book. <laughs> Right, and I, I didn't ask Bill; it didn't come up. But I was like, the first thing I learned in Bible college was like the Bible didn't. I knew this already, mm-hmm. but I remember first class. They were like, the Bible didn't fall from heaven on a parachute, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, yeah, it was people wrote it from yeah. a cultural perspective. Yeah, it had influences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is there were books that didn't make it into they, the they Bible. Were, that, exactly right. So when we're looking at the creation story, you're looking at something that we think maybe Moses wrote. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's kind of confusing. But it's certainly uh, similar to other creation stories. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These are are things that are in us somewhere, so they keep coming out. We want to know where we came from, so we're going to tell stories. And I'm not saying the Genesis story is a ripoff of other ones. It's unique in some ways. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I, I say this all the time. It's one of my favorite little Bible things is there's another creation story right after the first creation story mm-hmm. that's just in there. I don't know, wh- I didn't know how that. they oversaw I think it's in Genesis 3. I think the first one's Genesis 1, obviously. And I think Genesis 3 is where you hear another one and it's different. I forget. I should really look this up because I love referencing it so much. In the first one, he makes the animals. Then he makes Adam. Uh-huh. Then he makes Eve, something like that. And in the other one, he makes uh, Adam. Then he makes the animals. Then he makes Eve. It's It's like... Some inconsequential, but interesting yeah. uh, detail. One, he was already hanging out with the animals, but he was still lonely. One, he came... I, I don't know. I fucking... I can't. Yeah. But the point is, is I wanted Bill Nye in that moment to be like, who Who do you think wrote this? Yeah. The person that was there? And we always go back to divine inspiration, which doesn't happen anymore. Not according to the Latter-day Saints, but I mean like... People say, like, oh, there was a time when people just had, like, a direct channel to God. And conveniently, uh-huh. in the terms of exploration, conveniently, that time is over. So there, family is a book that fell from the sky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you win all the arguments. But I'm with you. Yeah. Who knows? Sure. What does your, your gut say? Well, and my other issue, and I'm not speaking with all religion, just the religion that I have been exposed to, um, there's a lot of hypocrisy. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, I don't think Jesus would judge another person 
based on the color of their skin, right? Or because there's a there's a certain culture and mindset in the South and in Southern Baptist uh, Baptist is, uh, you know, and they won't admit it, but anybody different from me, anybody who looks different from me, thinks different from me, acts different from me, I don't want nothing to do with them. Really? And it's like. In your experience, yeah, in my experience, and it's like, really, is that what is that what Jesus would do? Right, you know, and it's, uh, and I, I know it's easy to 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 point out hypocrisy, but it's like, you know, show me, don't tell me, right? You know, yeah, that, that's a bad feeling. Yeah, show show me based on your behavior. You know, you say that you are Christ like, and yes, you go to church, but just because you sleep in the garage, don't make you a car. Yeah, I know so many people that I that I that claim to be Christian, this is just, again, from my experience, especially in the South, that, uh, you know, well, take the, take the, uh, here's a, here's a more generic example, uh, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, they will often talk about the pure white Christian male, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, Jesus was a Jew, right. you hate Jews, and you hate black people, but, but you're, you're, you're quoting Jesus, I mean, come on! I never on. really, come I never on, really thought shit. too much about that. You know? That's interesting. I don't know. It's just I'm more. Well, of Jesus a, probably looked like somebody that wouldn't have been welcome. Yeah, yeah, but yet I don't know. It, there's a lot of a uh, lot of talking and a lot less doing. A yeah. lot of judgment. Oh, these same people that I'm talking about will judge whomever. And I'm talking about stuff that doesn't even need to be judged. Uh, <laughs> in the South, people make fun of. There's a certain breed and certain culture of people who make fun of educated people. Look at this yuppie over here with his books and his degree. And I'm like, yeah, what, what an asshole. Yeah, this guy's trying to improve himself. You know, you're but, all right. You live in a van. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's all because, like, well, he's I don't he's doing stuff that I don't do, so screw right, him. Right, right, right. You know, well, it minimizes the world, hate yeah. and fear. Yeah. And judgment helps us calm our anxiety. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Ra- racism, for sure. Yep. Uh, well, that's gross. And people have opinions on things they have no experience with. You know, I'll go home, I'll go back and visit, and I'll meet guys that, <laughs> you know, how's, how's Los Angeles? I'm like, oh, it's it's pretty good. Oh, I'd hate to live there. Have you ever visited? Have you ever <laughs> even been there? Well, no. Then what the hell are you talking about? It's basically, they sum it up with this. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but it's probably wrong. And it's like, okay, how, do, how am I supposed to argue with that? I'm going to go stand in the corner. Leave me alone. So. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be standing yeah. in this corner. Jeez Louise, man. But there's a lot of that mindset, and a lot of that mindset is connected to the religion that I was exposed to. So, so now I'm like, nah, I, I'll... I'm good. I'm good. It yeah. sounds like you in relationships. Yeah. And, I, and I realize... <laughs> but I realize I don't need religion to be a good person. I don't need a book or a preacher or someone to tell me how to be a good person. I think that's instinctual in all of us, or it should be, or at least with me. I know that at the core, I'm a good person. I know how to treat people. I know what's fair. I know what's right, what's wrong. I don't need constant influence to to help guide me down that path. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I got it all figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. I wonder if you did when you were a kid. You know those parents that are like, we just let our kid do what, what comes natural, and you, you pan over, and he's like shitting on a dog's face. <laughs> what? I think it's some... I'm just interested where yeah. my own morality came from. Yeah. I personally am grateful to have grown up religious and then to have mm-hmm. uh, you know parted ways with it, traditionally speaking, because I think I got that sort of mm-hmm. introductory crash course and then uh, you learn the rules. What is it? Learn the rules well so you'll know how to break them. Mm-hmm. Dalai Lama. 
dropping some knowledge. I'm just saying, I think that was great. I liked learning all that uh-huh. stuff, even uh, if a literal seven day creation or uh, you know any any of that stuff in the Bible that's hard for people to swallow, uh, virgin birth, physical yeah. death, and resurrection of Christ, that sort of stuff. I'm glad I learned it that way, so that I just had that base uh, that doesn't feel like hog shit to me. It just feels like a, a starting point, uh-huh. and then and then I can go out into the world, out, like into the ethereal, spiritual, mystical exploration stuff uh, with at least a little bit of that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to finish that. Though. Well, that being said, that's a good point that I just realized in this moment that, you know, maybe I did get my foundations as far as like morality or how to how to behave and how to treat people. Not shit on it. Maybe, maybe I did get that from my upbringing yeah. in the church. And if that is the case, then I am grateful for that. Right. Because had I not been... I, this is the question. Would I still be the same person and with the same, you know, principles if I had never grown up in the church? Right. Maybe I would be, maybe I wouldn't. But my point is now I don't as an adult, I I'm confident that I can make my own decisions and, and form my own opinions and without the influence and the yep. guilt. So much of, of what I'm talking about religion, it's just guilt and yeah. it's fear. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I That doesn't sound like love. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So So, when we die, lights out? I have no idea. Ah. Don't know. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I have no idea. I'm looking forward to it. Are you? You know, just, I'd like to find out. Yeah. You know? It's weird that we all find out. Or we just come back and we have amnesia. I don't know. That would be annoying. (laughs) Like, we're just some sort of thing that's just wound up and goes forever. Yeah. That'd be weird. Uh, All right. Hardest time you've ever laughed? Do you know? Oh, man. That's a hard one. That is a hard one. I'm going to put this codependent music note in my pocket. I'm going to put it in my wallet, because that's what Judy Carter says to do in stand-up comedy <laughs> the book. She goes, put your bits in your wallet, because they're as good as cash. <laughs> wasn't a bad book. No, I read that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody of course. You, you had to read it. This is what I'm going to do. I better read the book. Yeah. Uh, hardest time I've ever laughed? Yeah. Man, that is a tough question. It can be a recent one. It doesn't have to be the hardest one. And I always like to tell people it doesn't have to be a good... I'm not asking you to tell yeah. me a good story. Yeah. Uh, the one that always comes up recently was uh, Brian Green just told a story about being like eight and making a pizza and they undercooked it. So they just picked it up with their hands and threw it at each other in the <laughs> hallway of their Brooklyn apartment. I guess... I don't know. It all comes back to stand up to me, like because I well, that's also I'm fine. Such a fan of stand up. Who? But um, I mean, this is a real obvious one. But Keenan Ivory, <laughs> Louis C.K. has one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life, and I, I forgot what special it's on. Maybe Chewed Up, maybe uh, Shameless. But he's just talking about uh, his friends getting married. And his friends like, yeah, I don't know. I've got cold feet. Don't know if I can have sex with one woman for the rest of my life. Right. And his response to that just crushed me. He goes, one woman, try no woman. When you get married, you're not having sex with anyone. I'd love to have sex with one woman for the rest of my life. Any woman, big, fat, dead lady with a beard, I'd screw her every day. I don't know, just big, fat, dead lady with a beard. Just It's one of the funniest pieces of stand-up I've ever heard. Just crushes me. Big, fat, dead lady with a beard, I'd fuck her every day. Yeah, it just crushed me. That's so good, I wanted to say it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many of those. Yo, I, I just mean I wanted to say it right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people say a joke so good, I just want to repeat it. That and Brian Regan's thing about, uh, I forgot what special that's on, the um, Planet of the Apes, 
where he's talking about how he wrote some lines. <laughs> he he gets into it from another bit about why they have the title of the book on each page. And it's like, oh, are people forgetting what book they're reading from page to page? Oh, Planet of the Apes. Okay, that would explain these apes. Okay, if it's a planet of them. Okay, okay. And then it's not that, even though that's hilarious. It's what he says after that. One of the funniest things I've ever heard. He goes, you know, I actually wrote some lines for that movie, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, they, they didn't use them, but, you know, I, I wrote some lines. It was, uh, it was that scene where, where the, 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 the ape generals were meeting with the other ape armies to decide if they're going to go to battle with the, with the other, other group of apes. And uh, then the guy just out of nowhere just goes, man, these bananas are good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they didn't use it. You, know, you don't know what people want. <laughs> Man, these bananas are good. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look that up. It's either on uh, Epitome of Hyperbole or Standing Up, one of those two specials he put out a couple years ago. But yeah, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Like, I literally almost vomited from laughter planet of the apes <laughs> that explains these apes <laughs> okay yeah epitome of hyperbole say it right that's the joke because in in this special he says if that isn't the epitome of hyperbole <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, my I think he's one of the guys that like if if aliens came down and they said, "What is humor? What is yeah, comedy?" would show him that. You just push him out. Just yeah, yeah. Go, Brian. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> UFO? Huh? I guess we've identified you, so we can call you an FO now. <laughs> These dumb old donkeys. Not a bad riff. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a cup of dirt. You should move on now. I think he's going to do the podcast. Yeah. He's oh, so really? Funny. Yeah, he's he's the best. I got to meet him once. I actually did a show with him. I don't want to tell that whole story, but just couldn't have been any nicer. He's and gracious. Sweet. Just just such a nice dude. Sorry, Jan. Yeah, but I'm just so bored. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I love I love that. I love that, that kind so of much. humor. Yeah, I do that all the time. People invite me somewhere. Like, oh, I really wish I could. I just don't want to. <laughs> I like saying I'd rather die. Yeah. People are like, we're, uh, we're going to throw the frisbee around in the park. Oh, I'd rather die, but thanks for the... <laughs> you have fun. I'd rather kill myself than do that, but it's yeah. good that you're into it. Yeah, yeah, That's my plan for the afternoon, and uh sounds better than what you're doing. Uh, well, we had a great time. Yeah. Thanks, uh Check thanks, out, Pete. check out, what is the documentary? Uh, the working title is Gut Buster. And a lot of comedy oh, in it. Perfect. A lot of, lot of uh, cameos. Uh, yep. A lot of my comedian buddies will be well, in it. Well, we're going to do an interview. Yeah, I think I just so. didn't want to film. That would have ruined it. Oh, yeah. I totally get it. That's fine. But, yeah. Uh, should be out uh, around the end of the year. Beginning Great. of the year. So, Great. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, you want to say keep it crispy? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 say, uh, I'll say keep it crispy. <laughs> uh, just keep it crispy. That's <laughs> good. That could be one of those jerks that doesn't play your little game. I Jesselnick, Chelsea. Yeah. I think that's it. I'm not too cool to play. Oh, and I forgot to ask Justin Wilman to say it. Yeah. It's the only time I ever forgot. It's the first one we did in the new studio and it threw me, mm. I think. And I just didn't say we end the show with Keep It Crispy. I just didn't ask. Isn't that crazy? 
Keep it crispy sounds like a catchphrase for a canola oil. <laughs> I'm Dave Stone for Ranch's Canola Oil. Keep it crispy. <laughs> it also sounds like something Brian Regan would say. Yeah. Too. Oh, keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Better than when it's soggy. Yeah, I don't want it soggy. I want you to keep it crispy. I'll eat those in a minute. In the meantime, keep them crispy. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.